Hello, Miles. Hello, Kendall. I want to play a game. The device you're wearing allows you to hear me and record your voice. Up until now, you've only watched Saw. That changes today. You have one hour, give or take, to run down the franchise. If you can't summarize the series by then, well, you know all too well what happens. Podcast or die. Make your choice. Da-na-na, 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 da-da-da, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. If it's Halloween, it must be Saw on the Awards Radar Podcast. Better follow yes. the rules and not pull an Amanda. Oh, God. Yes, the, uh, the podcast three of us asked for is now here. <laughs> because this is what happens when I'm in charge of something. We do a uh, hour and change dedicated to Saw. Uh, as always, I'm Joey, again joined by Miles. Say hi, Miles. Hi, Miles. And joining us for the first time and possibly the last time, we'll see how this goes, uh, <laughs> is mainly because she would be like, I don't want to be involved in this anymore, is uh, my friend and co-writer Kendall. Say hi. Hey, guys. Kendall has uh, been doing all the reviews that I assigned to her, which is a fun yeah, a lot of a lot of crazy horror movies, which I enjoy. Which um, she asked for. Listen, I haven't I just do. given her garbage. <laughs> and and the and a documentary about boobs. So listen, I'm diverse. Yeah, you've pretty much hit it all. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, I got to watch so, all the Saw movies, so that's also a thrill. Exactly. And we have very different uh, rankings of them. We so do. that's a nice change of pace. So we have that. And believe it or not, before we get into Saw, we actually have a question we can do. Ooh. Like. Oh, okay. Let's see what we got here. We have a question left. We have what uh, used to be Cinephile Showdowns. Now it's called Filmaholic Face-Offs. And they're horror, for the most part. Or it seems... Uh, actually, they're Lee 1L or James Wan related. So I think, Kendall, you'll be you'll be in this. You'll be able to do okay. it. Okay. So uh, the first one is Upgrade or The Invisible Man? <sighs> I love The Invisible Man. I'm just going to put it out there. That was one of my favorite movies this year. It is still in my top ten, so I'm Invisible Man also. Um, I love them both. Invisible Man's definitely in my top five this year. Um, I'm... I might maybe I'll just be a little contrarian and say upgrade just because I thought it was so inventive and especially mm-hmm. on such a tiny budget, the ideas that they had, like it wasn't just a sci-fi action movie with a gimmick. It was actually like genuinely creative and surprising all the way through. So I'll give the slight edge to upgrade, but they're both great. Fair enough. Lee Winnell with a tiny budget that we'll come back to talk about. <laughs> we'll come back to talk about that shortly. Uh, the Conjuring or Insidious? Oh, The Conjuring. Easy. Conjuring. Yeah. I think I'm on The Conjuring too, but I do like Insidious. Um, it's close. Whereas the next one is The Conjuring 2 or Insidious Chapter 2. Conjuring, Conjuring 2. Conjuring yeah. yeah, that was a lot easier. Neither no contest. The first one. But The Conjuring 2 is, is good, whereas Insidious Chapter 2 is a little rough. Also, fun fact, the very first movie I had to sign an NDA to see. Wow. Yeah, they were they were very keen for me not to break the embargo, but they gave me a little lantern, which I still have somewhere. What even happens in that movie that there would be a risk of spoiling? Like, <laughs> um, I think the big thing was doesn't Patrick Wilson get possessed? Right, he's in. The- yeah, but you find that mm-hmm. out at the end of the first movie. Yeah, but he is possessed in the second one. Like they followed through. I don't remember. It wasn't great. 
Um, yeah, he does. He does a really bad old woman impression while still being himself. It's very jarring. Yeah, and then the third <laughs> one, the fourth one is the is the like prequel, right? The third one is still like other stuff going on, right? Wasn't the third one the one where it's like Dylan McDermott or someone or Dermot Mulroney and like his daughter has a cast or something and she's being haunted so. and it has nothing to do with anything? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe there's a are. Th- is Lee Winnell in all of them, though? Isn't he, like, I the two so. of them, like, the bumbling Ghostbusters show up in all of them? Yeah, so it must be a prequel, because I'm pretty sure Lynn Shay and um, and Lee Winnell and, uh, what is it, Angus Sampson is the other guy? Yeah, yeah I think Something. they're all in all of them. Yeah, they haven't missed one. This is also things we could have uh, Googled, but again, it's not our brand. No, it's, it's the, much uh, more fun to half-remember movies some of us have seen. Yeah, it's our brand. Uh, and the final one is James Wan spinoff, Furious 7 or Aquaman? Oh, damn. Oh, God. Aquaman, I guess? I've only seen Aquaman, so I got to go with that one because I yeah. very widely am known to not have watched the Fast and Furious movies. I mean, Furious 7 might be the best Fast and Furious movie, so I would feel bad not giving it to that. But also, Aquaman always feels like a movie that I have to defend, even though it made over a billion dollars. So, like, everyone's seen it, but nobody seems to like it. But I think that movie is gonzo in the best way possible. So, I'm going to go Aquaman as well. It is wild. I was I was waiting for you to just make the case based on Amber Heard being wet for most of her scenes. But you, you made a better case than that. I'm a man of class, I'll have you know. That's only the second best thing about it. There you go. Uh, and then Ryan, who left the uh, comment, thank you again, Ryan, said at the end, I want to play a game. I'm not doing the voice again, though. Um, I want to play a game. You must successfully make the argument that Saw 2 is better than the original almost every conceivable way. If you fail, a gummy bear will get its head blown off with a very tiny shotgun. Make your choice. Um, say goodbye to that gummy bear, because spoiler alert, I think we all like the first one better than the uh, second. Yeah, I have no emotional mm-hmm. attachment to that gummy bear, and that's not an argument I'm going to make. And spoiler alert, I don't think all of us have Saw 2 as number two. I do. Well, spoiled. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> but what flavor of gummy bear is it? That's an important question. We'll make it like grape or something. That no one oh, likes. no. No, one is better. <laughs> you know what? It may, it will make it, we'll make it like that mystery flavor where you know it's going to be like some sort of tropical flavor that doesn't really taste great. Oh, uh, the get. white one? Yeah, yeah, like the clear That's kind the best of... one. Yeah. No, 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 but like when they do like a special edition of something, when it's always like, oh, mystery flavor, and you got to buy the box to find out what it is, and it's always like, you know, some random berry that they never would make as a flavor. Mm-hmm. It's still strawberry. Yeah, it's like it's sort of, <laughs> but it's like, oh, it's not mango, it's peach mango. You're like, it's the same thing. You added one other chemical. Yeah. Don't fool me. Um, so clearly this is what you came to hear for your solo podcast, but we're going to get back to that now. How Hold on, everyone- can I just... Before we get into it, <laughs> I we talked about it before the show, but it bears repeating. This is the single most indulgent episode I expect we'll ever do, because even horror movie podcasts aren't doing a Saw retrospective in 2020. <laughs> this is That's just true. for us. We, we, you know what? We're a year ahead of time. It's true. Um, and also gives us an excuse to do another one next year. Um, yeah, because then which, we got a factor spiral into it. Oh, you know we're going to do that. Can't um, wait. And, you know, we could just put that onto this old episode and re-release it, but why not just do a whole nother one? Uh, so mark your calendar. Kendall, you got you got time in, like, uh, April of next year? Oh, yeah. I got nothing going on. Excellent. <laughs> it's, it's booked. Readers, as long as the world doesn't end, which is a 50-50 proposition, uh, we'll, be, we'll be doing that. 
Um, and listen, we can get way more indulgent. We could do a room podcast, uh, the room podcast. I'm sorry, a room podcast would be Depressing. would be the Brie Larson movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it would be it would be an hour of us going. Well, that was like a good movie, I, I guess, and, and sad, and I haven't thought about it since I saw it, and it's a little weird that she has an Oscar, and, and but I'm good. All right, cool, moving on. So I guess we did do the room podcast there. There it was. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Say two podcasts for the price of one. All right, saw. Uh, which uh, now is a 16 going on 17 year franchise. Man. Um, I believe there was a like a proof of concept short about a year before the original. The original came out in 2004. How did it uh, come on everyone's radar? Kendall, you go first. I, I honestly can't remember. I remember when I heard about the first one, I was super excited because I was get, like actually getting into horror at that point. Um, and when I actually saw it, like the twist, I don't know. I think it's one of the best twists in a lot of horror movies I've seen. And I just kind of got stuck and got hooked into it and started watching all of them. And I just rewatched them last week. Um, yeah, they're not as good as I remembered. <laughs> not all of them. But um, the first one just got me and I couldn't stop watching them. Cool. Miles? Um, so I probably discovered it the first one. I, I knew about it when it came out, but um, I wasn't quite at the age where I could go see something like that myself. Um, but um, I, I made the distinct mistake of when I did see it, I rented it after it came out from Blockbuster. Y'all remember Blockbuster? Vaguely. Mm-hmm. Um, and I made the terrible mistake of doing a double feature with that and Seven. Nah. <laughs> Um, and so I liked it. I thought it was really good. But A, I had had the twist spoiled for me ahead of time. Uh, and B, I couldn't help but think of it as the poor man seven because I just saw them back to back. And one of them is a more well-made movie than the other. Um, so I kind of left it at that. I heard the sequels weren't very good, so I didn't really follow up with them. It wasn't until I think five was about to come out. It was my freshman year of college. And my roommate and his girlfriend were going through the first four sort of back to back. Uh, and they were like, hey, you want to marathon them with us? And I was like, eh, I guess this franchise is still going. I'll see what I've missed out on. So we watched one through four pretty much like back to back to back. And I got hooked and I totally legally watched the fifth one. And then I saw uh, six, seven and eight in theaters. And I was just on board from there. And I've rewatched the entire series minus Jigsaw more times than I can count. Yeah, Jigsaw is the only one I've seen once. Um, I believe I have a copy of it, but I uh, believe it or not, I'm busy these days. Um, so watching, um, was it eight movies? <laughs> was uh, a time commitment I was not going to do, but I have seen them all several times. I uh, was interested in Saw out of Sundance because always when there's a little horror movie, and they get decent reviews and it didn't get terrible reviews and I got bought for a, a couple like a million bucks or something like that it made it made a little bit of news so I was curious and then I just didn't know what it was about because no one really said I didn't I don't think I'd read a review and then they started to run the trailers on TV and there's it was so quickly cut you had no chance of knowing what was going on but there was just something about like oh unsettling images and then the guy going saw you know in the end of the ad I was like I think I want to go see that and I hadn't really gone to see horror up until then I wasn't a big horror person. Um, I think I mentioned in one of the last podcasts, I just end up watching like a slasher movie and at some point go, why am I watching this? This is just brutality. But I, I liked Saw. I had some of it spoiled for me. I had a bad habit in the old days of reading 
um, like a spoiler uh, website. And I had sort of just glanced at it because I didn't know if I was ever going to get to see it. You know, this was back before you knew if an indie movie was going to come to you. And uh, I knew something about a key and like a light and a bathroom and a bathtub. And so when it happened, I was like, oh, that's what they meant. And then it just became a yearly thing to the point where I came home from college to see Saw 6. A couple features features with Zach and Mary make a porno. Um, But uh, Saw 5, I actually convinced a girl to drive to the theater to see with me. We were sitting in like a history class. Um, and I believe she's a nude model now. Huh? Hmm. It's one of those things where like, you just, you know, you sometimes look at your Facebook friends and you're just like, oh, you're doing like, mo- oh, oh, interesting. Like, it's, I think it's like, it's not Suicide Girls, but it's something like that. Oh, okay. So, Good for yeah. her. I know. It's like weird. Like, go figure. I almost wanted to like message her a couple times and be like, hey, we're both in the entertainment industry. <laughs> in a manner of speaking. Yeah, yeah, I think I think I think I wished her like happy birthday on Facebook once or twice, and she always like says thank you. So like we have a correspondence still. It's my story, and I'm sticking to it. But let's dive back into the first song. Also, I remember the posters were like so so crazy looking, and they didn't always relate to the movies. But every time you saw one, you were like, and you heard everyone talking about how it's like the grossest movie ever, and like I don't know that just like piques your interest. It makes you want to see. People are like, "Oh, have, I'm throwing up in the theater." You're like, "Okay." I, I have see some it. of them, and I have some of them in front of me. Now they did a bunch, mm-hmm. but I think the most notorious one for the first one is the severed hand, which yeah. is a saw, and there's the little like looks like a chainsaw on top. The second one was the two fingers um, mm-hmm. with the dirty like fingernails, like severed. Um, three was pretty lazy because I think it just had saw three with like a picture of him in the hood. Um, nah, three had the one where it was like the three teeth were missing. Yeah. Oh yeah, there was that one too. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at IMDb, so they're showing some of them. For Saw Four, they have like um, the person in the pig outfit in a chair. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it didn't, five didn't or have... six that had like a weird like winch looking thing, like some elaborate dentist think... equipment that never shows up in the movie? Um, that might have been four or five, or maybe six. Because six also has like a hand thing going on. Maybe that was what five had the had what looks like spoiler alert, someone else wearing a John Kramer mask. Mm. Four and, also had my favorite poster, which is um John's head like in a scale. Yes, that oh that's yeah, the that best was good. one. Yeah. Yes, I think I think IMDb just doesn't show the grosser ones. Um, the final chapter had him as like a monument, like being yeah, like a big. A big mm-hmm. statue it being built like the Enterprise from the Star Trek reboot, but it's he, like yep. he, he's like super naked. <laughs> yeah, except they they saved his junk for just Saw Four, mm-hmm. um, and Jigsaw was him with painted as Billy, which would have been a cool sort of piece of imagery that I wish had actually shown up in one of the movies. Also, was a weird thing considering they made a point of not showing him in the trailer and never confirming he was in the movie, mm-hmm. um, even though you knew he was going to be in the movie. Yeah, but. Back to the first one when you didn't know anything about it. The IMDb synopsis. Two strangers awaken in a room with no recollection of how they got there and soon discover their pawns in a deadly game perpetrated by a notorious serial killer. So we have a not quite serial killer who uh, their identity is a mystery until the final scene. You have Carrie Elways as Dr. Lawrence Gordon. And Lee Wanell as Adam, insert whichever last name you want, because he had several. They wake up in a dirty uh, bathroom, not unlike any you would see in a 
public establishment <laughs> and uh, have to figure out why they're there while we learn a little bit more about the quote-unquote jigsaw killer and his various games where you're given some sort of moral task to complete at the cost of your life if you fail um, to varying degrees of probability that you'll live but we'll talk about that in a minute so what do we think about the first Saw movie generally considered the best and I believe our favorites across the board um, yeah so I, I didn't know what to expect when I saw this movie for the first time. Um, and like I said, the twist was like blew my mind because you think the whole time, oh, Zepp is Jigsaw and then he stands up and you're like, oh, my God. Um, and then I also one of the things that they do consistently that I really like is you learn why they're in the room and you kind of like get a backstory from them, which is also something that I feel like Jigsaw just didn't do which really bothered me but um did anyone else feel like <laughs> sometimes carrie elways sounded like ron burgundy from anchorman <laughs> <laughs> like he when he was cutting his leg off and screaming i was waiting for him to be like i'm trapped in a glass case of emotion carrie elways is a good actor who is not good at accents no yeah he, uh, bless his, his heart though he's trying yeah uh, he's supposed to be american and god knows he's not um, it just, you know what it was? I'm, I think, and this is a case of this movie across the board. They didn't have a lot of takes. This movie no. was made quick and cheap. So there are, there are a lot of scenes where you're like, oh, that was the best they had to work with in the editing room. Cause they couldn't go back and reshoot. Um, basically anytime Dr. Gordon has to be angry or emotional, Carrie Elwes's voice just becomes a hodgepodge of, uh, whatever American accent he's trying, his British normal voice and gargling it's it's not as it's not his best work it's kind of like and i love danny glover it's kind of like every scene danny glover's in he uh his acting here is regrettable put it that way um he was definitely an example of we need someone who's vaguely well known to be in this movie to make sure we can get some money who's the cheapest actor who will also get us a comparable amount of money danny glover you're hired and i don't think he read the script or knew what he was making until he showed up Oh, very much so. He just looks very confused through all of his scenes. Uh, his line readings are done as though he's reading them phonetically. Like, it's very bizarre. Yes. My my favorite line is still, you are a drug addict, aren't you? <laughs> he, he, yeah, it's like he's sounding it out. And you know he's a better actor than that. So he definitely just got there and was like, what is this shit? All right, let's do it. Because it's also telling he never came back for any of them, even in like a flashback. So he definitely was like, this is nonsense. Pay me. I'm, I'm out of here. Because almost everyone else at some point was like, sure, keep using. Like, Dina Meyer is in, like, five of them. Yeah. No, it's crazy. Um, I like I like the stuff uh, in the second half where it seems like he's going crazy. And he's, like, trying to play crazy while still sort of sleepwalking through his performance. And it's such a bizarre juxtaposition where he's, like, yelling at photographs and like, oh, we're going to close it, sing. Yeah. Like, oh my golly yes he, in this man of one scene also I, we, how long what is the chronology of this movie it's the simplest one because it, it doesn't try to confuse you but how long are they in the bathroom it's hard to say uh, here's what I, I'll say this movie is a master class of doing a lot with a little because yes. you can tell their resources are strained like you said they're probably not getting very many takes they had a very small amount of time to work with especially with not the biggest name actors, but people who people know of. Um, and especially the stuff in the bathroom is just so like 
I don't know. It's even if it's not the best acting, it does have that sort of stage play feel to it, where it's yes. just them sort of talking through their situation and figuring things out. This one does. You would think it wouldn't happen until later in the series, but this one right out of the gate launches the whole we got flashbacks within flashbacks. You know, yeah. I don't know if you guys remember Pimp My Ride. I heard you like flashbacks. So we put your <laughs> flashbacks in your flashbacks. Yeah. This but one, yeah, this one, you know, the because the bathroom they don't eat, so they're they're not. But but um, Danny Glover goes crazy over a period of time, presumably, right? Because he, yeah. he and Sing are are chasing after Jigsaw at a different time frame than the bathroom is happening. That he catches up to the bathroom. Which they Eventually, do. yeah. Yeah, so I guess it was the first example of competing time frames that catch up to each other when we need them to. Well, they do say, I. they're all kind of blending together, but I, I'm pretty sure in the first one, they say, like, you have until 6 p.m. to get out and save your children, to save exactly. your child so, like, and Monica Potter. So, did and drop I, them, they drop them off at, like, 3 or, like, 10 a.m.? Well, I think he had at least, like, three, three to six hours, which is yeah, what, longer than all the other ones. What if his sedative lasted too long and he woke up at like 6.01? Also, still wild that he drops Adam in the water and he doesn't drown? Yeah. Well, and also like, you know, you find out at the end, we're going to spoil all of these, so I'm not going to fuss around with that. But he says at the end, the key to your chain is in the bathtub. And like the first thing that happens in the movie is that the key goes right down the drain. Mm -hmm. So like... He didn't exactly set him up for success there. Like <laughs> it would have been, it would have been crazy if it hadn't gone down the drain. Yeah. Would have, or he didn't plan that. He, and then later on, you know, after he walks out of the bathroom and he goes and like to a diner to go eat because he's still a dying cancer patient and he's probably very hungry. He thinks back and he's like, oh shit, oh, okay. And he's like, he's got his notebook of what went right and what went wrong. He's like, this is pretty good. This worked out pretty well. I'm proud of myself. But I probably should have like plugged up the drain better or maybe just put like a grate in or something. Yeah. yeah. Next time. Also, can we talk about? Bathroom. They talk about um, like the heart, and it's on the toilet, like on the back where you can take the lid off. And the first thing Adam does is puts his hand in like the poop water. Like, why would you not <laughs> open the clean part first? Oh, that was dumb. <laughs> That's yeah. the funniest part of the movie is when he's got like a whole poopy arm, and then he like checks the lid, and oh, there's a bag full of obvious stuff. I was like, oh, probably should check that first. I do find it interesting that they they at some point condemn this warehouse right no one else is going to use it again nobody like flushed the toilet the last time they left they're just like oh it's the last day of this company i'm not gonna flush my god well i mean that 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 bathroom looks like you could get tetanus from literally every surface (laughs) like i mean i it is just i mean i uh, kudos to to john kramer for laying on it voluntarily um so there are i believe six traps in this movie there is the bathroom trap, which is not a traditional tra- saw trap. It's kind of the the setup, which you'd see expanded on and made bigger in, in further movies. The sort of individual small ones, you have the razor wire maze for Paul. Mm-hmm. And that was the uh, the guy who cut himself, right? So how much would you cut yourself if you, uh, to, to, to live? You wanted to cut yourself, was it because you wanted to die or just attention? So how much will you cut to live? Uh, spoiler alert, he does not live. Well, that one's like impossible to live through. Let's be honest. Yes, well, especially for him because he's a little bit, you know, he's not guy. exactly he's not exactly a, skinny, and yeah, there's not exactly a a, a man sized hole through that razor wire. So it's very much like you know, you either charge through it and hope for the best, or you meticulously go through it and bleed out. So there's 
yeah, there's some there's a handful in this movie, and we'll yeah. get to my favorite in a second, I'm sure. Paul, but some of these Paul, do not seem doable. Yeah, Paul is a portly individual, and the the maze was meant for Slenderman. So yeah, you know, wasn't set up to die, to live. He dies. Um, I believe they even say like their stomach acid on the floor when they pick it up, and one of those great like completely unnecessary saw gross moments where you're like, oh, stomach acid. Uh, kudos Lee went out. Um, hypothetically could be an Oscar nominee this year. Just love that this is where he came from. Oh, I love um, it. Miles' favorite one up next, Flammable Jelly. From- oh, can I can I describe this one? Because this one just it. blows my mind every time. So this guy, he's in a room. He's got flammable jelly all over him. Uh, he's also poisoned. The cure mm-hmm. for the poison is in a safe. The combination to the safe is painted on the walls which they say that, but there's also like 3,000 numbers on the walls, so I don't know which ones are supposed to be the combination. But the only light in the room is like this tiny, tiny little candle that like is just begging to light his skin on fire. Also, also, there's broken glass all over the place. So this guy is poison. He's very capable of catching on fire, and he's got to go all around this room and decipher which of the 3,000 numbers is the combination of the safe while also tearing his feet up. Like, like I was half expecting to find, like, and there's also a cobra in your hair with a bazooka. Like, what? But it's so remember, preposterous. The thing he's done wrong that he needs to atone for is he's a mean stand-up comedian. Is that what that is? Yeah, he burns people in his act. Is that seriously the setup? I must have I missed that. I it was. That's, That's hilarious. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, I'm my God. Checking. Well, sometimes the, the thing they're being punished for is just so, like, it does not gel with the pun. Like, the punishment does not fit the crime. My favorite is probably in six, which we'll get to, where one guy is uh, being punished to death because he's a smoker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, what? Well, I mean, you know. Or what about in seven when the two guys in the beginning, the two guys and the girl are all in like the display case and they're just there because she cheated on both of them. Yeah. Like why do they deserve to be there? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But then some of them, it's like, oh, you should definitely be here. Like all the people who let Jeff's kid die. Like that's. that's Oh, you're right. It's not. This isn't. This isn't the. uh, He's not a stand up comedy comedian. He's a data analyst, but his tests sound stupid. So the, the quote was. Hello, Mark. If you're so sick, then why do you have so many photos of you up and about? Let's put your so-called illness to the test. What? Oh, so he's he's lying about being sick for like insurance. He defrauded an insurance company, something John would have approved of later on in this franchise. No kidding. Well, not the way he phrases it, it kind of just sounds like he's playing hooky from work. Like it doesn't even sound like, oh, my God. So there's that one. I think the worst trap in, in the movie. Uh, but fun to talk about. Then there's the reverse bear trap for Amanda. Mm-hmm. Also iconic. Um, and one of the very few, again, spoiler alerts, that um, somebody survives. Um, basically mechanical bear trap that's going to rip her face off if she doesn't uh, get a key. Though this, normally you have to hurt yourself. Um, and as we'll get in, we learn that Amanda is, is, you know, part of this in a bigger way. She has to go looking in someone else. So he let her off easy, I think. And well, it's alive. It- yeah, the guy's alive, and also isn't it her boyfriend? I mean, I don't know. Let's pull up Donnie Greco, because you you wanted to know his name. Oh, the more you know. Cause of death dis- disemboweled by Amanda Young. Uh, he's a fictional character. Yes, I knew that. He's a drug addict, or as uh, Dan Glover said, a drug addict. 
Um, he was a patient at the Homeward Bound Clinic we'll get to later under the uh, care of Jill Tuck. So I guess he was just there. He was just a fellow drug addict. Yeah, yeah. We're just going to put another drug. So he basically just murders him to make a point to Amanda. <laughs> yeah, well, he's kind of in the same situation that Adam is where they're really only there to serve the test for somebody else. So some people deserve to be tested and deserve a chance to be free. Other people can go fuck themselves and just yes. have to sit there and die. There's a hierarchy to, to John. So those are the those are the real um, trap traps. There's the drill chair, which is a trap in progress. Mm-hmm. Kind of lazy. Like, I don't really know how you're supposed to survive that, which is probably why it wasn't ready yet. The wild then he just keeps him there while he's testing it out. Yeah. Because then he has to, like, feed him. I'm going to be very obsessed with food in this movie, apparently. Um, there's the quadruple shotgun trap, which is uh, how Singh ma- meets his end. Um, Danny Glover's partner, which is a not great way to go. Four shotguns hitting you in the head from a couple feet above you. Yep, that's pretty rough. <laughs> and then there's Zepp's test, which is not a traditional trap. Just his... All the slow-acting poisons. Like, how much poison does Jigsaw have? Well, how many, like, abandoned warehouses does he own? Like, that hopefully, like, random crackheads aren't going to wander into and throw the whole thing off. Well, and or he maybe, uses yeah. this one multiple times. Yeah. yeah. Like, so many keep coming back to the bathroom and keep coming back to different rooms in here. Yeah. I like how we, we love this movie and we're shitting on it. It's, but, uh, it be, but that's the fun of these. <laughs> but also, Donnie Wahlberg is, like, held captive in the in the building for six months. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. This place Which, has been around for at least like what two years, and yeah. no one we're, and the cops were in it at one point in two. Yeah, which we'll get to shortly. Um, Kendall's very much in favor of. Not a not a huge Johnny Wahlberg fan. <laughs> I am <laughs> in for when he met his end. I was like, oh, finally. Yeah. Right, we're, well, we're getting ahead of ourselves. So let's go to two now. One one is easy to mock, but also a very effective horror movie. Like does what it sets out to do phenomenally. James Wan directed, Lee Winnell wrote it. There's a reason they're A-list uh, filmmakers now. Like, the talent was there. It just needed to sort of... Uh, they needed more money. Mature. Exactly. They needed more money. They needed more time. They needed to make a movie like this to be able to make better movies. Exactly. Um, so you fast forward to Saw 2, which starts the run of uh, Darren Lynn Bozeman. Uh, though Lee Winnell gets a writing credit for essentially um, filling in the Saw characters, because... As a tale is told, they uh, this movie first movie comes out and is a great success. Box office indie hit makes like sixty million bucks or something like that on a million dollar budget. Lionsgate is like, uh, hell yes, saw two now. And uh, I believe at the time, Juan and Winnell were like promoting the first one still internationally, so they couldn't come back. So they went and got Darren Lynn Bozeman, who had written a script called I think The Desperate or something like that. Yeah that uh, had gotten rejected around town for being supposedly too much like a Saw movie. So suddenly Lionsgate and Twisted Pictures goes, you know what? Darren, Bubba, buddy, we got a movie for you. So he gets to make his movie. Lee Winnell, you know, gives you changes, you know, whoever his killer was to Jigsaw. And you got a, you got a sequel. The uh, IMDb for that is, a detective and his team must rescue eight people trapped in a factory by the twisted serial killer known as Jigsaw. Though, again, he's never really killed anyone. Um, here, we've got Tobin Bell getting to do far more as John Kramer and Jigsaw. Shawnee Smith showing up again as Amanda, the first repeat trap dweller. Uh, Donnie Wahlberg as the much maligned Eric Matthews, mostly his own fault. 
and a uh, who's who of random actors, plus the return of uh, Dina Myers Carey, mm-hmm. and I believe the first uh, appearance of Rig. Yeah. Yep. Who will? Uh, this is a thing that Saul would basically do the entire franchise: is take a secondary character and make them the star of the next movie. Um, I believe part of it was a budgetary thing, like <laughs> Lyric Bent. You ever wanted to be the star of a movie where you work for half of what a normal guy would get paid? You're hired. Yeah, except for in Jigsaw. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Jigsaw, they. J- we'll get to Jigsaw. Don't we'll you worry. We'll get to Jigsaw. Don't I'm you ready. worry. <laughs> Though I do love that in the cast here is also Beverly Mitchell of Seventh Heaven. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, in between seasons of Seventh Heaven. Seventh Heaven ended in 2007. Saw 2 is 2005. I just, I have to imagine the conversation of, like, mid-season, like, what's everyone doing? You know, hey, I'm going to go do, you know, uh, a Hallmark movie. I'm going to go sit on my ass because this pays me a lot. I'm going to go make Saw 2. What are you planning on doing, Stephen Collins? Definitely not an underage child. Oh. Yeah. Lest you forget that Stephen Collins is a pedophile. Oof. <laughs> I love that I brought, I brought down a podcast about Saw somehow. Yeah, let's get to let's get to less tasteless material and talk more about these Saw movies. Exactly. Um, Saw two. The uh, the trap situation is a series of smaller ones contained within a bigger one, which is the expansion of Saw. Though it starts with the, the death mask. Yes. The um, like a Venus flytrap, if you will, and that's uh, Michael. And I believe is he a, like a like a he's a snitch, right? Something like something that, like, yeah. yeah well, he, because Donnie Wahlberg is later like, oh, he was an informant for me or something like that. Yeah, because they don't really say why he's he's in it. Um, so it's a flytrap type situation. It's gonna close on his head. It's got spikes. It'll kill him. Um, to get it out, he has to get the key. The key is in his, uh, like, right eyeball. So he has to amputate his eyeball, essentially, for lack of a better word. Um, Also, Jigsaw is super trolling him at this point, because I remember the video for this one being like, in order to get out, you need the key, but the key is hidden somewhere on your person. I will give you a hint. And then it, like, cuts to an x-ray where it very clearly (laughs) shows the key right under his eye. It's like, oh, is that where it is, I wonder? Which we have to add now that Jigsaw is also a master surgeon to being an electrician and a plumber. Well, and they, well, they talk about that. They talk about that later in Seven. Yeah, I guess that is. I guess that was the Seven and, and I guess even Jigsaw. We'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. We'll get to we'll it. get there. <laughs> we'll do it live. Um, he fails. Can't take the scalpel to his eye. Trap closes on him. Um, they also have uh, an electric staircase, which is basically the shotgun trap from the first one. Um, I can't figure out if it kills the SWAT team or not. It, uh, it, to... it breaks some some of their legs, I remember. Yeah, because it also like has like wi- like a like a razor wire or something that like maybe amputates them. It, 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 yeah, it definitely there's a spring or something. It's gross, but it's also like they don't die. They just kind of seem to be down there, like ah. Mm-hmm. So you can just have Matthews alone. Again, wildly specific things. Oh yeah, um, and then you have the nerve yes house with the eight people. Um, Daniel, who you will find out is uh, Eric's son. Jonas, Gus, Addison, Xavier, Laura, and Obi. Half of those names you probably couldn't tell me if I put a gun to your head. Nope, even after you just said them. (laughs) I forget all of them immediately. (laughs) I I remembered Daniel. I remembered Obi, because Obi was such a random name. And Mm -hmm. was Xavier the, like, 
hothead who was trying to kill everyone the whole time. Yeah, he was the crazy yeah. one. Yeah. I was hoping you weren't about to say hot. I was like, I. Oh, no, no. <laughs> we were about to have a side discussion about your taste in men. I mean, there's not much eye candy in Saw. Not going to lie. No, no. Whenever there is an attractive person, they almost stand out like a sore thumb. It's like, what are you doing here? Really? Saw 4 doesn't have like a real hot scene for you there, uh, Kendall? Oh, right no. Not really. Four is my least favorite, so definitely, <laughs> definitely not. We'll get, we'll get there. Um, <laughs> so they're they're apparently using sarin gas. He's specific about his nerve agent this time. Mm-hmm. Um, also gives them two hours, not sixty seconds or an hour. So he's more generous with his time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they have to go get the antidote. The antidote is in a safe. There's a number of things that they have to do. They're in. Uh, we'll call it nerve gas house. It's what Saw Films fandom calls it. It's on the ground floor. That's where they wake up. Um, he kind of gives them a hint that they don't have to do anything. But uh, they start to uh, want to leave. Gus goes to open the door, which, you know, he definitely hasn't seen the first movie. It has a uh, gun attached to it. He gets his face blown off. And they all scream. There's a furnace later for Obi. Mm-hmm. Um which again, I don't feel I, some of these things don't aren't designed to win. Like that wasn't designed to win. That was okay. If you're stupid enough to get this far, you're gonna go die. Yeah. Uh, the iconic one from this one is obviously the needle pit. Oh, Ooh. that was hard to watch. Yes, that and that's that's one of the best because it's not full on a trap, but it's closer to the moral thing of Amanda used to shoot up heroin. If she wants to get the key. She has to go and prick herself over and what do you say again and again. And again. Well, also she gets thrown into it. Yeah, yeah. she wasn't going to do it. She's no. like, fuck that noise. We'll figure out something else. And uh, was it Xavier is like, ah, no, you're going in there. Well, and also that one turns out to be kind of bullshit because spoiler alert, Amanda's in on it the whole time. And yeah. so like is part of her helping to facilitate the test. Also, you might die if somebody throws you into this pit of needles. I do Good luck. if. I do wonder if the hope was that she could convince someone else to do it, mm. you know, or is maybe she, like Xavier would have been like, fuck this noise. And he just dives in. But is she definitely in on it? Because I feel like it was even hard to tell. Like she was protecting Daniel, which was, I she's, think, part of it. But well, she's in on it for sure. But she uh, spoiler alert. The movie is not as well written as the first one. What? So they don't really give you any. So here's a thing that Saw does. The first time you watch most of these movies, it's almost impossible to guess the twist, except by guessing because there isn't a hint, motivation-wise. The next movie then gives you their motivation. Or yeah. three, four, five movies down the line. So nothing she does in the movie suggests she's in on it until the end, and then Saw 3 goes and fills in the blanks. Because mm-hmm. it's a, it's kind of a cool concept. Like, let's just do something that makes no sense, and we know we're going to get another one to do it. We're just going to do it that way. So... That was a, uh, that was a good trap. I think that count, even though nonsensical, why she would end up doing it. The uh, razor box, um, bad trap because you can't win it. Mm-hmm. When also Again, you have just, to be painfully stupid to like stick both of your hands in that one. Like that's just begging for a death. Yeah, and doesn't and she and Addison bleeds out right if I recall. Yeah. Yeah. So it's another example of they also wrote too many characters. And then didn't really realize you have to get rid of them. I think that was one of the translations from Darren's script into like a Saw movie. He probably had eight characters. They just kept them. And she was a good example of like, we have nothing else to do with her. Yeah. Um, 
Well, one no character word. just like bleeds out and dies in the hallway from the yes. gas because they yes, couldn't Beverly figure out anything to do with her. <laughs> I think she had a hard, hard exit date on going back to Seventh Heaven. Because she does nothing. She mostly just screams and, and stays like out of it and then coughs and then dies of the gas. So I guess yeah. to prove that the gas is serious. Yeah, well, somebody had to, well, even though everyone else is fine until the end. She had a compromised immune system. She would have been the first to go of COVID. You know, they, it's all, they're just ahead of the game. Oh, God. That's that's what I think they're doing there. Um, Eric has a test, even though it's not a trap. Um, his test is easily the lamest of any Saw movie. Sit in a chair. And talk yeah. to Jigsaw. Yeah, like, <laughs> or talk like have to a John. chat. Yeah. Like, like, talk about the Dodgers, and, like, you'll be fine. But because he's a hothead. Also, another mm-hmm. example of Jigsaw, like, having to wildly assume somebody's going to act a certain way. Well, one has to assume he has contingency plans for either direction. Like, if he had just stayed put, then, okay, the safe's going to open. Hey, here's your son. You can go home now. But And then there would have been a very disappointed call to Amanda in the bathroom. Like, hey, yeah, I guess he actually passed this one, so you can get out of the pig suit now. Yeah. He does claim he wants everyone to live. Yeah, that's suspect at best. Yeah, which we'll we'll get to soon. So let's let's wrap up this one. So the big twist in the first one was that he was on the ba- he was in the bathroom the whole time. Zep was part of a bigger test. You know, he he basically says you live to uh, to Adam because Doctor Gordon does saw off his leg and crawl away. We think to his death. Mm-hmm. Tells Adam you live. You know, good on you. The the keys in the bath bathtub. Adam realizes the, t- the bath, you know, the key's gone, goes to attack him. He shocks him because apparently those, those chains are also electrocuted mm-hmm. um, and bounces, you know, and goes game over, which is a great way to end it. Second one, Amanda basically does the poor woman's version of that to Detective Matthews as he's yells about how he's going to kill her. Then Saw 3, where you're like, I have no idea where this could go. With sad sack Jeff. <laughs> oh, man. Just, just the saddest man. Right? So, so Lee Winnell comes back to write the screenplay with James Wan coming up with the story. So they came up where they thought the franchise would, I guess, end. Synopsis well, there are, a lot of, there are a lot of hints throughout this one. And, you know, there are different versions of the ending. So depending on what cut you've seen, you it may have ended in a completely different way. One of which makes sense with canon and one definitely doesn't. Um, we'll do that in a second. Um, so the, the setup is Jigsaw ad- adopt, uh, ad- abducts a doctor. He adopted a heroin addict <laughs> in order to keep himself alive while he watches his new apprentice, apprentice put an unlucky citizen named Jeff through a brutal test. This one you have Tobin Bell, Shawnee Smith returning. Um, Angus McFadden is Jeff. You have Lynn, the doctor who's supposed to keep now dying Jigsaw, like really dying Jigsaw alive. Uh, the return of Dina Myers Kerry, who's uh, wondering where the hell Eric is, who we see a little bit of. You get a brief bit of Adam again. And then you have uh, various other people. Though you do get you get a return of Rig. You get your first look at uh, Forensic Hoffman, who oh, yeah. uh, we'll yeah. unfortunately get to know more of later. And uh, we meet Jill. Now, I don't remember when, because we do meet Hoffman. He's only in one scene. I can't remember which cut it is but one of the cuts they like keep cutting back to him looking super suspicious and putting things in his pocket and I feel like that had to have been done after the fact because surely they didn't know the twist with him at that point yeah I think that's the the second cut 
when we'll talk about the differences. Yeah, because this was, I think, initially meant as like, okay, we're wrapping this up. James and Lee were like, we we we're we're getting to be like big deals now. We don't want to be involved in this forever. So here's our ending. If you want to keep going, have fun. Which spoiler alert, they did. Um, this one is. Uh, let's see. We got one trap. We got two traps. We got three, four. So there's a lot of small things going on in this movie with the overarching one. Though we have the uh, the classroom trap, which is uh, sort of separate from the story. Um, also set up to fail. Which, which one? Oh, that that's one? the guy that's got all the the chains in him. Yeah, he wakes up in a classroom oh. with chains attached to him. I don't believe you can possibly win this one because there's Cause... also a bomb in the room. And well, isn't one going through his whole face? Well, that's yeah, the problem. Yeah, this one like mm-hmm. through like he would have to like tear his jaw off to get that one off. And at that point, like, You're gonna are you going to survive either way? <laughs> yeah, that one. That one is not a fair fight. Um, neither. I guess that does tie in because neither is the angel trap, which uh, Carrie gets into. Um, well, yeah, but they make a point that that one was sort of deliberately. Not sabotage, but set up in such a way that couldn't be won. Which makes you wonder if, since spoiler alert, we now know that Amanda is working with Jigsaw as an apprentice and does the trap that kills uh, Carrie. Maybe she did the classroom one too and she's just not making ones that people can survive. Well, I think that's even yeah. part of uh, John's monologue at the end of this one's like, your traps were not survivable. Mine totally yeah. were. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> like, I, you lived in mine. Proof of concept. Um yeah, because the uh, the Detective Carrie one, she's in a harness where she's, like, secured above something. She has, like, two arms, like, I guess, connected into her that are basically going to rip her, her ribs out. And she has to get a key in, like, sulfuric acid that the key is also melting. So it was never, you know, possible. So she gets ripped, her chest ripped out. End of Carrie. Um, she never finds out what happens to Eric. Nope. Uh, Lynn, the doctor, is wearing a shotgun collar. For added pressure while she uh, works on keeping John alive, and I guess it almost counts as a trap that she has to take a piece of uh, John's brain brain out at one point, his skull. Y'all, that so, might be the gnarliest scene in the entire series is the 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 brain surgery sequence. Like yes. that is just crazy, and it looks great as from a special effects standpoint. Yes. I will say that whenever I have a migraine, and I had a migraine yesterday, I always think back to it. It's like Oof, that would relieve some pressure. Like. Ugh. It just feels comforting and soothing. I think um, Jenny Nolf, a uh, a writer and horror movie fan, she's been doing a, re- a rewatching of these and tweeting about it. I think she said the same thing a couple days ago. So I feel slightly vindicated that I'm only a little weird and not a lot weird. <laughs> Shut up, Miles. I know what you're about to say. I, I keep it to myself. See, Kendall's smart enough to keep it to herself. I think that the worst trap um, in the whole franchise is also in this one, but it's the one where the guy has all his arms and legs and his head in like uh like holds i guess and they twist oh the rack that's easily the worst in the whole franchise i couldn't watch it it like shows his bones exploding yeah Yeah. that's the climax of the main Mm. test which is jeff's trial jeff uh big sloppy fuck of a guy um turns out his uh child was killed so you got a little bit of reason to be upset they he basically wants him to overcome his obsession with revenge for the death of his son died in a car accident a drunk driver i think so yeah. he has to help save people. So the first person is a is a nude woman in a freezer. One of our first examples of nudity in Saw. Gratuitous as fuck. Um, not maybe their finest moment for wokeness. No. But uh, Danica, 
she was she was a witness or something like that. She's very like outside of it. She was barely involved. I think she saw it but didn't call the cops in time or something like that. Yeah. So she's uh, hung in a freezer and he's spraying her with like water i, I think guess? it's just water yeah like freezing freezing water or something like that because she eventually turns into an ice cube yeah he has to like try and again i don't know how he sur- how he's supposed to help her he, well he well yeah so here's the thing with jeff and he's the greatest example of this it's something that i think is in most of the movies but he's the most pronounced example is one of my favorite saw running gags in saw is because sometimes you know the tests are physically painful and awful but sometimes they're just psychological it's just you got to get over yourself and do a thing. But yeah. in order to stretch out the time and, you know, get it down to the wire, you have to have these scenes where the people in the trap just do the dance where yep. they just like, oh, no, oh, oh, it's so hard. Oh. And Jeff is the worst example of this because he doesn't even get physically punished, really, in many of these traps. All he really has to do is get over the fact that he doesn't like this person and grab a key or burn something or something like that to help them. And Every single one of them, even though it's very clear what the pattern is very quickly, he still fucks about with just like, oh, I don't know. And, and like, what's wild is there's three examples of that. He has three tests. Yeah, he, and he, he, t- he does all the same way. <laughs> yeah, he, let, he, he saves one person. And it's like the person he would want to save would be Danica. She's the least uh, like a problem in his mind. You yeah. Know, just like being a witness, not calling the cops or something like that. Um, unless there's something I'm forgetting because that's the first one. She freezes to death. The second one is the pig vet with the judge. Who gave, that one's just uh, gross. Yeah. yeah. Gave the guy a lenient sentence. He saves the judge. The judge is chained in the big pat of big vet. That's, uh, they're basically dropping pig car- carcasses into like a sausage maker and like just spraying shit all over him. It's gross. And, uh, this one is, is, is mean though, because to turn it off, he has to like, activate a furnace that'll burn his like son's belongings in like mm-hmm. a vending machine but he does that it's like his teddy bear and stuff like like he's willing and like maybe a tricycle or something like that he's willing to do that to save the judge who promptly also gets shot like moments later yeah he's the only one that he saves but he also dies moments later through a hilariously convoluted set of editing that like means he like steps in front of a shotgun just as it's about to go off yeah which is also another saw thing like we need you to get to this point but there's several random things that could kill you along the way in case you're stupid um which makes me wonder how many traps were aborted over the years because somebody just like like the version of jeff just stepped in front of that halfway through yeah um, and then the last one, the rack that everyone finds so gross is Timothy. This was the guy who killed his son. Um, his uh, He's basically set up like a crucifix. His head is on a, 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 a swivel thing, both arms, both legs, and they're going to twist every some odd seconds. Um, Jeff had to deactivate the trap, but couldn't do it. Or didn't do it. I, like, that's another one where it seems like he's well on his way to doing it. And there's kind of like stops and stops to say, like, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, well, that's the one with the shotgun where, like, he has to get it, but also he gets shot. But, like, he avoids getting shot, but the judge gets shot because he, like, runs into frame at the right time for no exactly, reason. Like, here, I'll help you. Damn, I'm dead. Um, and then that for some reason, instead of feeling like, okay, I know how this works now, I can avoid it. Jeff just stops trying, essentially. Yeah. Uh, 
then you get to the end of his test, which is wild. Um, you find out that he's married to Lynn and their relationship had deteriorated over the death of their son. And uh, he walks in and John's alive and is like, hey, buddy, what's up? We have a final test for you. Can you forgive uh, or are you going to kill me? Even though I didn't really do anything to you? Well. I've, just, I've been doing real well. therapy on you. It seems like your other option is murder me is an extreme option. But also there's like 50 saws littered around the room. Uh, so, you know, you can kill me for everything I've put you through tonight or you can not kill me. BT dubs, yeah. I'm hooked up to this machine dying of cancer and will probably die tonight regardless. Also, by the way, I'm the only one who knows where your daughter is. Which is something they kind of introduce and then like almost immediately drop. Yeah, they solve that in the next movie. I've been like, oh, no, someone else knew where she was. Yeah. So uh, it's fine. Well, um, yeah. And you find at the same time, Amanda has a test going on, which was to make sure Lynn doesn't die, I guess. Well, also self-control because she it's like going off the rails. Yeah. Yeah. Spoiler alert. She goes off the rails. <laughs> Jeff uh, takes a electric saw to Jigsaw's neck, fully kills him. Um, despite the fact he will show up in the next in every movie subsequently Um, Jeff then is so wait Lynn's uh, machine goes off she gets shot by the shotguns well yeah because Lynn's shotgun collar was connected to Jigsaw's heartbeat don't ask how that makes sense it just that's how it is and so he dies and so she dies yeah and then John gets shot right no he's he's alive at the end of this one right because he plays the tape uh, well, he plays the tape you know. as he's dying. Like, it's yeah, like his, the final the thing tape. he does. So Jeff is alone listening to, oh, no, my daughter's then I'm stuck here. Series is supposed to end, sort of. Yeah. And at uh, some point during this, Jigsaw eats a whole cassette tape, which is, like, yes. huge. Yeah. Well, like, <laughs> melts it in wax or something, yeah. and then, like, yeah, swallows it whole so that the autopsy guy in the next movie can discover it, which I guess they had the foresight to have footage of. Yes, which is where Saw 4 then starts. So Saw 3, very much like Saw 2, I feel like. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. They're very much of the same thing. Yeah. Saw 4 is where things change. We uh, we still have Darren and Bozeman, but there's a new set of writers in town. You have uh, Patrick Melton and Marcus Dunstan and Thomas Fenton. Two of the three um, are most well-known for what was it called? Um, Feast. The, the Project Runway. A project was a Project Greenlight. I'm sorry. Um, yep. Horror seri- horror mo- horror reality show movie. And then they also did Piranha 3D or 3 Double D, maybe both. Um, so class acts, like I said. Um, spoiler alert: the writing will take a step back <laughs> as we go forward. <laughs> Though they introduced the concept of these movies taking place at different times and with other things. So if you see like a Venn diagram of where these movies take place, it's a goddamn circle by the end of it because you can't tell. The uh, setup for this one is despite Jigsaw's death and in order to save the lives of two of his colleagues, Lieutenant Rig is forced to take part in a new game which promises to test him to the limit. So it starts off with the autopsy of, of John Kramer. Which I feel like is just there to really emphasize to the audience, he's definitely dead. He's not coming back. I mean, he'll be physically there in footage, but in terms of bringing him back to life, we're not doing anything like that. He is 100% dead. 
Yeah. So you have you have the autopsy. Custis uh, Mandalore, his uh, sort of real appearance. He was in the last one, but of no note. So now he's he's Lieutenant Hoffman. You have uh, FBI agent Peter Stram, Scott Patterson, sort of the two people now investigating what's going on because there's a tape in Jigsaw of Jigsaw of saying, you know, I promise my work will continue. Um, they go to talk to Jill, try to figure out what's going on. At the same time, uh, Rig wakes up to start his uh, his test. And I'm sorry. Also, there's uh, Agent Perez with Agent Strom. So there's a there's dueling government agents. This is becoming like a federal case now. Um, so, who wants to talk about Rig straps? Because God, these make very little sense. So Rig. Uh, so this is. One of it kind of is the same vein of uh, what uh, what Jeff was going through, where it's one person who has to go through a series of traps that other people are involved with and make key decisions regarding that, which is something um, sort of those two movies do. They abandon it for five, but then they bring it back for six and seven. Um, They say that they'll push him to the limit, but I think Rig gets off the easiest out of all the victims in these movies. Like he really only dies due to his own stupidity. Yeah. But like mostly it's you have to. OK, so the first one is they've set up in his apartment this lady. She's a prostitute, I think. And her ponytail is caught in like some gears. And yeah. if he doesn't find a key, then it'll like rip her scalp off, which is eventually what happens. Yeah. So Although he, he does save like... her. Well, but he does. Then, yeah. But then she had her own test, which was kill him or he'll expose you. So that was definitely set up to sort of force him to kill her either way. Yeah, so go figure. We cheated. Um, there's the bedroom trap, which kind of looks like the closest thing they ever did to, like, seven. Because isn't it in a yeah. hotel also? It's the same It's the same setup. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's on, uh, he's on all fours or something like that. And there's, like, he just gets, like, cut in half with, like, a scythe. Um, yeah. Was that the guy a- who they had the pictures of all the women he assaulted, though? The, like the hotel like front desk guy yeah no yeah. he was like an actual like either a pedophile or a rapist of some yeah. sort because he had videos yeah. of himself like sexually assaulting women so he was like rig had to like tie him up to start his test and then he had to like press buttons to like lower sides into his eyeballs yeah, yeah. he has he has the triggers he hands him to to decide what happens you know you right can, if he doesn't gouge his eyes out the columns will uh, rip out his leg he dies spoiler alert. yeah <laughs> um there's the uh, so before that, before we even get to this, there is the also new saw thing of like setting up with a seemingly inconsequential trap that has nothing to do with anything, which is the mausoleum mm-hmm. with uh, Trevor and Art. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. It, again, has nothing to do with the movie. It's like it, an opening scene. It loosely sets up what one character is doing. Yeah, they're uh, they're tied together by a chain to like contraption in the middle. And uh Basically, they have to not get strangled. Well, one it's, has his eyes sewn shut and one has his mouth sewn shut, right? Is that the one you're yeah, talking so about? Yeah. Yeah, so they yeah, can't so they communicate. Can't, so they have to communicate, yep. Otherwise, they would be able to be like, hey, we can we can make this work. Um, it's kind of dumb. It's not the best one. Uh, there's also the spike trap, which is the, uh, the husband and wife in the elementary school, located right next to Riggs' apartment, apparently. Um... Kind of, kind of rickety by saw standards. Nothing really happens beyond like one person can live from that. Yeah. Even though I think it's just designed for the guy to die there. 
And he only takes that one spike because the lady already yeah. took them all out. And he's supposed to be like an abusive husband. Eh, it's kind of like a weak. It's a weak yeah. part. <laughs> it's a filler. It's a filler trap. Um, you have uh, the government agents, Perez and Stram, investigating. Um, Perez falls victim to a trap of sorts where like the Billy puppet also has a gun in it. I thought it was or, a bomb. I don't know. A, something it explodes. Looks, yeah, something explodes yeah. in her face and kills her. Well, quote-unquote, kills her. Yeah. Well, takes her face off, it looks like. Um, then you have, at one point uh, in the workshop, you have the knife chair that Cecil's in, which is also like a in-progress trap, it looks like. Uh, Art had the spine cutter inside uh, while he was working on the, uh, the, the mausoleum. And then, obviously, you have the ice block trap. <laughs> Which is so silly, especially because that's the way they take out Eric Matthews, who may not be a great character, but he's been there for three movies now. And it seems like such a goofy and unceremonious way to get rid of that character. Yeah. So so Eric's Eric's journey is to be the pseudo protagonist of two whiny, angry, like a uh, hothead cop gets put in the bathroom at the end of two in three. You think gets killed, right? By Amanda, For, yeah, yeah, because he he breaks his leg to escape the the um, the bathroom, and it looks like Amanda kills him. Turns out in four, he's she's put him in this trap. He's on a block of ice. He's chained up. He's bound. He looks awful. And on the other side is Detective Hoffman, who seems to have been kidnapped as well. No, didn't John take? Um, didn't John find Donnie Wahlberg, whatever you want to call him, and like keep him captive? They said he kept him captive for like six months. Yeah, yeah, so that's which, what you find out later is, like, yeah. he's cleaning up Amanda's mess still. Which, during that period of time, Amanda's hair goes from being, like, a pixie cut to, like, 12 inches long in six months. Yeah. Which drove me up a wall. So you're saying that's not doable? No. What kind of supplements is she on? She's got to let me know. She's got uh, extensions. Maybe, <laughs> want, maybe all this, like, blood and, and like, um, like, grease... Maybe the know. stress is just pushing her hair out of her head. I think rust is really good for your hair. Yeah. Yeah. Could be. Tetanus. So, yeah, tetanus is great for your hair. <laughs> so, the... Again, this is not a thing designed to be survived. Essentially, it's an excuse for two ice blocks to smash Eric's head. It could be deactivated, but he had to, like, stay there for 90 seconds. They're all designed on people showing patience in incredibly impatient scenarios. Yeah. Well, but this is this is one. And, you know, maybe it's just tricky wording, but they play the recording for Rig at the end because basically Rig fucks it up by going through the door, which triggers the device, which smashes Eric's head. But the wording, I can't remember what Jigsaw we later find. It's Hoffman. Dun, dun, dun. Um, Is he's like um, uh, you have this amount of time to save Detective Matthews. The phrasing doesn't make it sound like he has to wait outside, but also nobody in the room, because all three of them in the room will presumably die if he comes through that door. So it's just so unclear what he's supposed to be doing or not supposed to be doing. And especially after he's already gone through like three other people's unconnected tests to then like have this thing and like... If I like was outside a door in this scenario and I saw a big old timer, my train of thought wouldn't be, oh, I have to wait for the clock to run out, then go in. It would be, I got to get the fuck in there before the timer goes out. Yep. So it's very much designed to just kill everyone in the room. 
Yeah. To the point where I didn't remember what happened to Rick. He just yeah. gets shot. Yeah, it's such a like, eh, we'll get rid of him. I, I think Matthews that. actually shoots him because Art gives him yeah, a gun. Yeah, you're right. He, he, he walks, he, he jumps into the room. Matthews shoots him. The trap gets engaged. His head gets crushed. And then I guess Rig is like looking and dying as, uh, as Hoffman gets up and is like, eh, I guess I'm in it now. Yep. Sort of with the indifference that he will showcase throughout the rest of the franchise. But then something that they don't really explain. So is Hoffman ever at risk of actually like getting hurt during this? He's supposed to be like in an electric chair. And if the water goes over, he'll get electrocuted. But so in two, like Amanda could have actually died. She almost did a bunch of times, um, even though she was part of the whole game. Um, but in this one, it seems like, is the chair even a risk for him? And like, does he get up from the chair the second it, they kill Donnie Wahlberg? So he's getting electrocuted. Like, it doesn't really make sense. I think the electrocution thing was just for show. I don't think that was ever okay. actually at risk of happening because he could have just gotten up and killed the other two if something went wrong. But like, yeah, it's it's just there for him to sort of do the classic saw thing of being in the middle of it to keep an eye on everything, even though where he is is like the worst possible vantage point for the majority of the test. <laughs> yeah, but it's just to it's to give I think it's to give Rig a little extra incentive to to save them because uh, they sort of they have a few quick scenes near the beginning where they show that the two of them have a history and stuff like that. Yeah. So this is this is one of the weaker ones. I go back and forth on whether it's the worst one or not. Um, it's just they were they were still finding their way. It also has that uh, that wild thing of coming back into tie into Jeff. So it turns out that four was taking place concurrently with three, but maybe like 10 minutes behind schedule. Right. Mm -hmm. That's really the only interesting about this one is that they figured out like, oh, we're going to play with time even more. Other than that, not their finest hour. I think we kind of all can agree. Oh, yeah. I think it's the worst one. Yeah, it definitely is. Yeah. So I'm I'm usually on four or five is the worst. So I'm happy to make four the worst one. Um, Then we get to five, which is at least a little different. Um, it also changes directors for the first time. You now have... Um, or second time. time. I'm sorry, yeah, second time. But the So after James Wan, you had Darren Lynn Bozeman do two, three, and four. Um, I think he was also starting to get a little like tired of it by then. And I think he also got to do Repo finally after that, the genetic opera. Oh, lucky um, him. Yeah, it's all right. So... That leads to production designer David Hackle getting the reins of Saw 5. Um, not the best move. Uh, Melton and Dunstan write it again. The synopsis for this one is that following Jigsaw's grisly demise, because we're two movies after that, but we're still talking about it, Mark Hoffman is commended as a hero, but Agent Stram is suspicious and delves into Hoffman's past. Meanwhile, another group of people are put through a series of gruesome tests. So that's a there's an annoying thing going on in this movie in that you basically have Hoffman seen as a hero. You now know he's working with Jigsaw and Strom trying to figure out his suspicions, but always kind of a step behind. So he's he's kind of like the dumb detective. Yeah. Well, and also due to circumstances that happen early in the movie, he has a raspy Batman voice that he uses through most of the movie. And yes. large portions of the movie are him standing in rooms, talking to himself, figuring out flashbacks for things that he wasn't there for and couldn't possibly know that happened. Yeah, because we first have the uh, our initial trap that we always seem to have. This is the pendulum that slices uh, Seth in half. Mm-hmm. Um, again, seems not designed to be survived. Um, 
Because it was going to like... Uh, well, because that was a yeah. revenge one. Yeah, they, that was, they yeah. say it wasn't. Yeah, so that wasn't cool. But that's gross. No. It's Saw. Um, so that gets taken care of. And then you have what we're talking about with Stram. He gets his head caught in a cube that's going to fill with water and drown him. So instead he um, he gives himself a... Like a tracheotomy. tracheotomy. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, this movie has a lot of problems, but props for having one of the coolest ways anyone survives their traps, like where he's like breathing. He like, like disassembles a pen, basically, and like uses it to help himself breathe through his neck. Like it's yeah. it's gross, but it's kind of rad and quick thinking at the same time, especially considering they later basically admit that this was not a trap that was meant to be survived. Yeah. Um, while though that the rest of the movie still has contingency plans for if he survived it, but that's another story. Um, Hoffman's quick on his feet. What do you want? Yeah. yeah, he's, He works. He works a lot faster than John. And at the same time, you have five people, Ashley, Charles, Luba, Malik, and Brit. I don't think we ever learned their names in the movie, so it didn't matter. Um, they're in a catacomb that somehow John has, and they, uh, have nail bombs in each room that they have to survive. So they start out with a like necktie situation where they uh, basically have to not get killed by that. These I didn't love this. I know you guys, I think, like this one a little better than I do. Yeah, it, it feels like it's kind of going back to some more traditional traps after there were two in a row of just have a, some rando wander into other people's traps. This felt like it was interesting to see like a group of people go through something that's a bit more connected. And also I like the twist near the end where it turns yeah. out they were all survivable. They just had to work together. Yeah. So the, uh, there's a necktie where they have to, they're kind of restrained. They try to get a key. They could have all survived that. There's um, also, don't they repeat that trap like verbatim in jigsaw, just adding yes. buckets to their heads? Yes. They, uh, to the point where I was very confused when that, that happened. Um, there's the ceiling jars and uh, the electric bathtub. All these things are meant to be like the pain is supposed to be kind of split between the people. Yeah. Um, and then like they were supposed to essentially donate some blood. And instead, they, because there's only two left, they have to like saw their arms in half yeah. in order to get enough out there. Exactly. And then it basically winds up them hiding from the, the bomb, realizing there was enough space for all of them to hide from the bomb had they worked together. Yeah. Doesn't tie into the rest of the movie. It's just a saw trap, basically. Um, you have Hoffman in the shotgun chair, which was oh yeah, kind of, again, confusing because you're flashing back to him being tested, but you already know, like, why put him in a trap? You know he's going to survive. Well, it's, it's uh, establishing his and John's dynamic, I guess. Yeah. This one also flashes back to all throughout the franchise, you see that, wasn't it um, Hoffman who placed them in the uh, bathroom? Yeah, or at least he helped out. With no, yeah. it was Amanda who placed them in the bathroom, because I remember in three, there's a flashback of that, and she's got them in like a wheelbarrow or something. Yeah, yeah. okay, you're right, you're right. Th this one has the flashbacks to Hoffman being like anti-Amanda, like b before, like in the time of that period. And, like, right. He was, and he was around, was he around before one? Like, is he the first apprentice, or is he the second one? I get confused. I think he's actually... He's the first because he helps out with like Paul. That's what it was. He helps out with traps for one. So this one takes place. Five takes place after four before one during one with references to other movies as well. 
two and three, yeah. That, yeah, in the same way that four takes place at the same time as three. Um, this is the epitome of Saw going wild with their chronology. Yeah. And then you wrap up with the glass coffin, which was... Um, I, 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 uh, it's a puzzling one. I'll put it that way. <laughs> it's not really anything. This one, I yeah. think, is the most anticlimactic because the tradition in Saw movies is you have whatever protagonists get towards the end and they play one final tape and the the theme song that's basically the this is the plot twist theme starts kicking in and you hear a voiceover explain, you know, oh, here's the part that you missed or here's the person who was in on it or what have you. This one doesn't really have a twist in that sense. The only real twist is, oh, you pushed me in the coffin, but you were supposed to get in the coffin. I don't know what the fuck I was going to do if you got in the coffin. Just get crushed, I guess. But now you can get crushed. Yeah, it's basically, "Ah and then movie ends. So not, this is another like lower tier Saw movie, but I think maybe it's better than five, um, than four, just because it, it focuses on the villains and it, it mixes up the traps a little bit. It's, it's a middling version. At this point, you're watching them because you're a fan. You're not winning over any new fans and it's probably you know, getting like 10% on Rotten Tomatoes or something like that. But they're also making tons of money still. Yeah. Well, and this one kind of has the Infinity War situation where I'm sure it's absolute nonsense if you haven't been following the series up to this point. Exactly. I think you could honestly only watch, you can watch one, obviously. I think you can watch two without no, having seen the first one. Right. And I think you can watch six without having seen the first one. You mm-hmm. can watch. I think you can watch Jigsaw without having seen any of them. because yeah. Jigsaw because they barely ref- refer to. Any they don't refer yeah. to anyone. Yeah, yeah. And, and I suspect Spiral will work the same way. But oh yeah, uh, three you have to have seen two and one, four and five you really need a solid working knowledge of the franchise, and seven kind of the same thing. Yeah. Um, also crazy that some of these are written by the same people, but they go at completely different angles. So. Uh, now we get to six, which is unfortunately where the franchise stopped making money. But six is is uh, sort of a delight. Oh, yeah. it's. I think it is by far the best of the sequels, like by a significant margin. Yes. Yeah. But the, mm-hmm, but the health insurance guy yeah. and yeah, it was a good one. What yeah, probably they, they, has the most sympathetic protagonist character in the whole series like i would say topping even one in that i mean he does you know he does the shitty stuff where he fucks over people's health insurance and all that but like they take the time to let you get to know him and kind of empathize for him throughout the game in a way that many of the other ones just oh these are shitty people doing shitty things and you don't really care about them this guy i kind of cared about as he was going through it all and i think that's an achievement yeah you definitely the morality of what's going on you and he also has to stay with it a lot longer. There, there's not a ton of like flashing around. Yeah. Um, so this one set up is Agent Shram is dead. What he got crushed, <laughs> and FBI agent Erickson because you just need another disposable cop draws nearer to Hoffman. Now they're kind of on the idea of like, oh, I think Hoffman might be this guy. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, a pair of insurance executives find themselves in another game set by Jigsaw. Um, the other thing going on in this movie is they're starting to try to figure out what's going on with Jill. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this one has the flashback to, like, I think, like, her losing the baby. And you you get a little bit, you get more of, like, John and Jill in the flashbacks of, like, what their relationship was like. Um, Is is this the one where she gets the box from him? Like, it was in his will, give her, okay. 
Well, no, no, hold on. No. So she gets the box in five, but we don't find out what's in uh, the box okay. until six. Yeah. So her, her main contribution at five is to get the box. In yeah. six, you find out what's in the box. So which again, is a bunch written, of envelopes for some other games, the last yeah. of which is about Hoffman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Dunstan and Melton write it again. This time it's directed by Kevin Grutert, who is the longtime editor of Saw um, and is a fairly inspired choice, like leans into what makes Saw Saw. Um, so what you have here is the insurance executive that John goes to initially to go, I, I found this treatment, like it'll help me. And he goes, we're not going to cover it. And he goes, come on, I'm talking to you. Not the, like he makes a very personal case to him. And then when he says no, he, uh, I guess, decides, I guess I know who my next trap person is. Um, though, don't we also have uh, the pound of flesh trap before that? Yeah, well, this is the one that features the lady who I can't remember the name of the show, but there was like a, a reality show like it, not Scream Queens, but something like that, where it might have been Scream Queens or something like that, where basically the winner of it, you know, your prizes, you get to be in the next Saw film. And so the woman who survives the pound of flesh trap is that uh, I can't remember her name, but she was Sinendra the winner of that Howard. show. Yes. yes, she uh, she plays Simone. Yeah, so they have to basically, like, cut off the most amount of flesh. It's it's gross. It's an excuse to do what they've been starting their movies with for a while, which is how do we have two people and kill one of them? Just kind of like a move, you know, like their startup of, like, it's Saw. The uh, the trials for William, William Easton, if ever a, uh, a uh, horror movie name, is he has to basically choose who lives and dies in individual traps and they're based on you know here's a person you know who's a bigger risk and here's someone you don't know who's not a risk you know your your job says you should save the stranger but will you save the person you know and that happens with um like an oxygen thing and you have the the gallows trap and the we have steam the shotgun carousel they're all based on things he would normally do the opposite of to convince him to like have a heart essentially um so I like those. They're, none of the traps are individually particularly interesting, but they all have the I mean, quandary. the shotgun carousel is kind of delightfully kooky. Yes, that's a <laughs> and great it also, like, set design thing. Also, it has the single best moment of overacting in the entire franchise, because there's the one guy on it. He's like this kind of mild-mannered, sweater-vest-wearing looking guy, and, you know, he's sort of... He's one of the last two. Basically, how the shotgun carousel works is he's it. The carousel is going to keep going around and randomly shooting one of the six guys until they're all dead. And he has to choose two of them to live. And it gets to the, like the last two and it's going to be one or the other. And there's this kind of wormy sort of sweater vest wearing guy who's trying to keep talking him into, oh, you got to save me. Oh, you, don't get her. She's been stealing from the company or, you know, he, he would backstab you in an instant or whatever. And he makes his last decision. And now we know, OK, he saved the other person. So sweater vest guy is going to be the last one to die. And he just loses it. And he's like, oh, great. Oh, great. <laughs> and then it finally gets to him. And, you know, Easton's like, he's exhausted at this point. He's lost a lot of blood. But the guy's just yelling at him. It's like, look at me. When you're killing me, you look at me. Yes. <laughs> he, he turns into the Joker for a split second. And it's the funniest thing. It's a cross between a Joker and Christian Bale losing his shit. Yeah, it's amazing. It's, it's, oh, God. This one oh, is like gonna, surprisingly the funny. Yeah, you're gonna save the other one. Oh, good for you! Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this, is, this is a this is a satire. 
Well, that's what I like so much about this one is that unlike pretty much any other film in the franchise, it actually has something to say about something. And it's, you know, it's all about like price gouging and, you know, how, you know, corrupt health insurance is. But it's like it feels topical. It still kind of feels topical. Um, And they decided to actually do a little bit of social commentary in between all the gore. And I think it elevates it to a significant degree. If you look carefully in the carousel, Amy Coney Barrett's one of the six. Um, (laughs) No, wishful thinking. Um, Not I'm joking in case the FBI is listening. Um, You know, it's wild that this is written by Dunstan and Melton, who wrote the worst movies of the group, but had this one. Yeah, it's it's crazy. They yeah, they, they upped their game for exactly one movie. Yeah, before coming right back down to Earth. Uh, mm-hmm. The Acid Room is how you wrap up. You find his uh, wife and, and son. and uh, Well, no, we well, think it's the, his wife yeah. and his son throughout, oh, but right. it turns out it's his sister who's the reporter. That's the family yeah. he's yes, supposed yes. to save. And the it wife and the wife son and are son. from the guy in the beginning who got denied yes. coverage. Yep. Yep, and it's the live and die buttons. Also, we should mention this guy has a pretty rare... Um, sort of one-on-one time with uh, Jigsaw. Usually it's the puppet in the videotape, but this one, you actually get like John just appearing as himself in the videotapes when talking to him. So he doesn't yeah. even beat around the bush of, oh, who is it? Who's doing this to you? No, you know, it's me. You know, I was the Jigsaw killer. Here I am. Presumably yeah. this happening long after he's died or at least yes. a year or so. So Supposedly, yeah. So the you have the wind up of this trap, the resolution of that. He learns his lesson, kind of. But dies anyway. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and then you get back to the side story of the uh, the agents hunting, you know, Hoffman. Uh, they can't do anything about him. But Jill does. She puts him in Bear Trap 2.0. And he gets uh, out. Yes, he, he has it like rip off part of his face, but he survives. Yeah, so. which is pretty crazy. Well, and it's. Yeah. It's got the best final shot in the series where he's just like screaming in the air and like half of his face has fallen off. Exactly. So but how did uh, he manage to get his head out? Like, I know he got it caught in the bars, so it didn't open all the way. But then he just like slips his little head out. He like rips it out, which is why like yeah. he's got the huge gash in his cheek. Yeah. So I that's where this one this one ends. I, we like it quite a bit. And uh, they initially plan to then wrap up with a two part final movie. Which they then decided against. Because this one made the least yeah. amount of the series, even though it's one of the best. Yep, so Saw 6 tanks at the box office, even though uh, it's better. So they then changed Saw 3D to Saw the Final Chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, they exercise a contract thing to bring Kevin Gruchard back. He was supposed to go direct, I think, Paranormal Activity 3. Yep. Uh, so he's a hostage, essentially. And as Miles joked last week, uh, directed it as such. Mm-hmm. You have as the plot, as a deadly battle rages over Jigsaw's brutal legacy, a group of Jigsaw survivors gathers to seek the support of self-help guru and fellow survivor Bobby Dagan, a man whose own dark secrets unleash a new wave of terror. Um, also wild that they've never introduced the concept of the support group until now. But it, it's a clever idea that I wish they did more with. Yeah. Um, also got a vaguely real actor, Sean Patrick Flannery. Yeah, Boondock Saints own. Yeah, I mean, though, you know, could argue whether or not what he does in that movie is acting. He's in it, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so is um, fucking Ron Jermian. So what does that tell you? Well, you're not wrong. But yeah. this one's significant because they finally, after years of speculation, they finally bring back Carrie Elways. Yeah, 
I thought you were about to say they finally have Chester Bennington. No, well that's what <laughs> that's what the fans him. have been demanding is fucking Chester well, Bennington. From Saw Two on, that um, Eminem was going to be in the movie. Oh, that would have been something. Was a fan or something like that. Eh, I mean, whoever gets whoever kills him, I'm fine with it. Um, so this one, not a great ending for the franchise. Part of why it kept going afterwards, I think. You have uh, so you start out with a public execution trap, which has people like in a storefront, which God knows how they set that trap up. But, yeah, without because uh, like people are like wandering around in the park and going about their business, and then randomly people suddenly stop and look at it. But it's not like there was a curtain over it or that anything was hiding. It was very clearly there. Yeah, <laughs> there's those, no ambiguity those, about what this is. Those crazy artists with their pop up art. Oh wait, never mind. It's a jigsaw trap. Which in this universe, jigsaw has been operating for a period of time. Like the world knows about him. Yeah, you think every time you see something out of the ordinary, you're like, oh no, in this one town which we never find out where it is it's supposed to be you know it's, it, looks it like, looks like seven city you know right it looks like detroit or somewhere like that just somewhere that's like always grimy and miserable and although this is i think the first one with like n- n- numerous scenes that take place during the daytime it's almost always like you know a grimy warehouse at night or a grimy police station at yeah. night i think this is the first one one of the few with outdoor scenes yeah even um, six, six might've had like daylight in the, in the office or something. Office. Yeah. It also could have been raining cause it's saw. Um, but yeah, so that's, their sort of not connected to the plot trap. But also during this trap. So everyone could see it. There's like a huge crowd. People are recording it. The police show up. No one tries to get in except for this one woman with a leather briefcase. And she's like slamming it against this like bulletproof <laughs> glass and no one, the cops aren't even trying to get in. They're just like pushing people away. Oh, yeah, she's uh, she's the Karen of the group. She's like, I'm going to take over. I got <laughs> yes. this. She's uh, trying. Like, nobody tries to get a fire axe. Nobody, like, tries nothing. to see if there's, like, a padlock on the back or anything. They're just like, oh, no. <laughs> uh, we have uh, a really terrible trap in the pain train. Which, which one? Uh, oh, that's the, not even a trap, is yes, it? That's just... It turns into a dream. The oh, dream sequence uh, trap. Where, the uh, the where... worst part about killing you is I can only do it once or whatever. Yeah. What yeah, a great Jill, one-liner. She gets attacked by a train with a giant blade that, like, cuts her in half. Now, let me ask you guys a question. Do you think that trap would have been in the movie if they weren't doing the 3D angle? No, not even. No, close. no way. Because <laughs> it also has the, like, jigsaw spiral thing to look, like, hypnotic also. Like, it's totally designed just for this. Yeah. Um, so the, the main thing is you have the, uh, the self-help guru having to go through his, like, series of traps. But you also have people, like elsewhere like in the junkyard right you had the uh the horsepower trap with the car which mm-hmm. was kind of random um you have the lawnmowers like that people are hanging under <laughs> that one's so silly yeah they're just they're, they're, <laughs> the disconnected traps are dumb they're just like um, they're just like hanging on a bar just like don't fall into the lawnmowers <laughs> yeah like, notice there wasn't much of a setup for that one they're just like listen we set up a lot of lawnmowers like, were they, like, unconscious, but also gripping onto these bars for dear life? Like, how did they get out there? It's a good question. So, uh, Bobby's uh, in another abandoned building. They list in these things what the different buildings are. You know, sometimes it's the psychiatric hospital or the animal, uh, you know, lab. But they're all the same, you know, giant rooms. Uh, again, has 60 minutes to save, this time his wife. Always got to save someone. 
He's well, he's got to save his whole support team, which yeah. he manages to kill them all. Some he of the, saves this, no one. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he saves a single person. No. He's he's the worst one at this. Um, so he talks about he starts out in a cage, like almost like a bird cage, he has to get out of right. Mm-hmm. And so don't fall on the spikes or whatever. Yeah, he has to yeah, swing yeah, his way out. Then um, Nina's in the silent circle, where it's basically <laughs> a thing that's going to just like stab uh, sharp pipes into her neck. It does. Well, if he doesn't like get a key out that's like on a fish fish, hook, so he has to like kind of pull it out and she has to like not scream like that one's pretty gnarly, actually. Yeah, that one's not that one's a decent trap. Um, Gross. Uh, The impalement wheel where uh, Suzanne is in. That's uh, isn't that like a spinning wheel also? Like, again, I think meant for the 3D Mm -hmm. Um, kind of a takeoff also of the the rack in a little bit, but it's not as good. They were running out of ideas. You could tell. Um, the hangman's noose. That's Kale. to me yeah. feels like the lamest one, if not in the whole series, one of the weakest. It's just like, oh, he's blindfolded. You got to talk him over. <laughs> like, yeah, like it's basically like a trust exercise from summer camp, <laughs> you know, writ large. Also, yeah. one of the craziest scenes is during that part. It shows the clock and it has like seven seconds. And he says, OK, I'm going to throw you the key. Let's count to three. And he goes, yeah, what's one? Two, and I'm like, all right, it's already, it's already, time's waste, already up. Let me waste 40% of the time. And that yeah. whole part takes like 15 seconds, and yeah. they only add seven. He adds Mississippis. <laughs> and Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the wisdom teeth one where he has to pull teeth. Mm-hmm. And the numbers are on the root of his teeth. Like, how would they have gotten the numbers on there? Listen, um, Dunstan and Melton had seen a serious <laughs> man, and they were like, we can do Cohen brother stuff. Yeah. I always want to look and see if it came out afterwards because it might be true. <laughs> um, then you have Joyce in her trap, the wife. Um, she she gets it the roughest, and she's also the only one who didn't know he was a fraud. Yeah. Like, she's genuinely surprised when he tells her it was all fake. And it's like, well, then why are you, like, setting her on fire? Like, I know it's incentive for him, but, like, surely she doesn't deserve that. Yeah. Um, also, we have... Uh, Sort of, they repeat traps a lot in this one, because you also have the machine gun trap in the uh, in the surveillance room, which is basically the same idea as the shotgun trap and the gun. Like, there's almost always a gun that kills someone in this one, so they they get a cop in this one. Well, yeah, um, they introduce a new yeah. cop character and then kill him like almost by the halfway mark. Yeah, and yeah. He, he Matt, gives Matt the worst Gibson. acting in the whole franchise. Gibson. Oh, it's it's great. Yeah, it's like, God damn Jill it. crazy. <laughs> he also looks like a. He also looks twelve. He's the youngest looking yeah. one. So, like it's like his first assignment, and he gets mauled by a machine gun. But also, he has an elaborate flashback backstory with Hoffman. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't like Hoffman anyway. Like he, he, there's always these random reasons why there's this like. Why you would be suspicious of him. By now, you, I think everyone knows Hoffman's up to it. But, like, yeah. still wild. You um, also, in this one, don't you also have the maze with, like, the hot steam? No, that's insane. That was, that was, that the was? Six. That was okay. just happening as he was, like, working. Oh, okay. Um, this one has the cyanide box for the SWAT officers. Oh, right, right. Mm. The, you also have, finally, as it wraps up, the um, reverse bear trap for Jill. Because they decide to... So she's in the in the police station and, and Hoffman gets in, puts her in a bear trap and kills her. Very gnarly to see her without a face. Yeah. Well, they figured they'd tease the reverse bear trap for so many movies. We have to see at least once where it finally goes off. That's true. So you, you have uh, 
you have Bobby have to do his his trap that he lied about doing and he realizes he can't do it. So yep. there's there's his end. And then it's sort of a setup as like, oh, Hoffman handled his shit and like I guess he wins. And then he's uh, attacked by who wants to say it? Dr. Gordon. <laughs> yep, who somehow despite having lost his leg and being a hobbled uh, dude has lived is a known public figure now, right? Mm-hmm. Um but can also put someone in a cage again? Like, can can do the traps? Um, well, yeah, because it turns out he, yeah. he's been an accomplice all along as well. Yeah. But also one who, I guess, never interacted with Hoffman or Amanda because they didn't seem to know about him. Well, because he was the backup for if, I guess, if Jill couldn't, like, kill Hoffman. Because remember, she gave him, like, a tape that explained yeah. um, everything. And then Lawrence had to kill Hoffman. Yeah, what a, so what he was a like wild, the secret. Yeah, what a wild ride for him. Like, just go about your business. But if these ninety-seven things should happen, I need you to do one thing for me. You know, yeah. the guy who who made you lose your leg. But you owe me. Right? Also, they never explicitly say it in the movie, but because uh, Hoffman gets jumped by um, Gordon in the pig mask, and there's two accomplices with him. Yeah, yeah. They don't ever say it in the movie, but those are the two guys from the first trap at the beginning who are in the love triangle. Oh, yeah. That makes no sense, but, you know. Sure. Because didn't they hint at somewhere that, like, Gordon, like, had a, like, a, like a minion kind of thing? Like, there was a, there was, like, a saw a cult kind of brewing? Maybe that was, like, thought about before the movie came out. Well, back when they had a, back when they had an eighth movie to flesh all this stuff out, because the whole return of Gordon thing kind of gets botched because he shows up very briefly at the beginning in like one or two scenes. And then you don't see him for nearly the entire movie. And then he only shows up at the end to be the big reveal that he was an accomplice all along, which most people have been speculating since the first movie. So it's kind of a limp reveal. It does feel like this was the plot of the second to last movie. Except the end of this movie would have had the reveal of Gordon. Like, the first right. like And then the had, final movie would have fleshed that out a bit more. Yeah, you would have had Bobby doing his thing. You would have had, you know, most of what happens in this movie. It probably would have ended with Gordon being revealed. Like, they would have flashed back to that. And then had Jill in the bear, in the trap. And maybe she dies, maybe she doesn't. Maybe the last one starts with her being murdered. Yeah, who's to say? And something else involving Gordon. But that's not how it was. So we kind of assume it ends on a somewhat whatever note. Franchise lies dormant until a couple years ago when they decide, let's make another one. Ugh. Let's make Jigsaw. Um, Jigsaw seems to be the most divisive of the Let's make one that doesn't have any characters you care about at this point. Yes. And let's have a new character who you don't even care about the whole movie. Yeah. Well, that's every character, but you know. Well, Um, I care about Lawrence. So this one's written by Josh Stolberg and Pete Goldfinger. Pete Goldfinger has an amazing last name. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did Piranha, spot, uh, Sorority Roll, Row, um, some Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like they're not like of super note, but they also are co-writers on Spiral. So somebody liked what they did. Mm-hmm. Um, this one's directed by the Sprig Brothers, who are solid genre filmmakers. So it is the best looking Saw movie. Oh, yeah. But that's the one thing I really like about it is it kind of moves on from the sort of grungy, grimy aesthetic that all seven of the previous movies had. And it actually looks nice. The traps look decent. Like it's 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 an interesting new visual palette, if nothing else. Yeah. Um, In terms of it being a saw movie. So the plot is 
Bodies are turning up around the city, each having met a uniquely gruesome demise. As the investigation proceeds, evidence points to one suspect. John Kramer, the man known as Jigsaw, has been dead for over ten years. Kind of a rough idea for the movie, because we've spent several movies confirming he's dead, he's dead, he's dead, he's not coming back. Let's fast forward ten years and then wonder if he might be alive? Yeah, exactly. Like, it's... They- that's the biggest problem with Jigsaw is that, especially after such a long gap between sequels, this needed to be a new shot in the arm. It needed to reinvigorate things. But for the most part, it's kind of content to just run through the motions of stuff we've already seen. Like there's one or two inventive traps, but most of them, like the main trap setup is basically the fifth movie again. And then the big twist at the end is just almost copy pasted from the second movie. Yeah. Um, so you have the, the Edgar's test at the beginning, uh, where he's, uh, driving. Before we do this, I'll tell a quick story about Saw, about Saw, about Jigsaw. So I, uh, had meant to go see it with a, with a friend. Um, Saw never screened for critics, so I had to go pay for it. It's fine. And, uh, that day I had an event for a documentary called The Final Year about the, uh, State Department under Obama. So I was at an event with Samantha Power and um, Ben Rhodes, like national security people, like people who know things, like know the real life saw, like they probably know who killed Kennedy. And like, if there's aliens, like they have access to that stuff. But the the event kept going on for way too long. So I kept having to change what time I was going. It was like a Friday night. So, the, the, you know, the screening kept changing to like, oh, we'll go to the 10 o'clock movie. We'll go to the 11 o'clock movie. Finally get to it. I think it's like a midnight movie, maybe a 1230 movie, Times Square. Show up, buy a ticket, kind of confused why it's a $25 ticket. Then sit down and realize that um, I've accidentally bought a ticket for a 4DX screening of Jigsaw. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, I opt to turn the uh, blood off. Um, so the people don't know 4DX. It's like sitting in like a like a roller coaster chair or like if you go to one of those virtual roller coasters where like the thing just shakes you around and moves you. So it does that for these things. So like at the beginning when there's that kind of half hearted car chase, the, the seat moved with the car, uh, every blood splatter would spray something at you. Like if there was a steam pipe, you get a little bit of like, uh, air on you. Um, I turned the blood off. I also happened to be with a friend who had, um, indulged in some of God's lettuce, let's say. <laughs> So she was uh, having a wild time of it. Oh, I bet. Yeah. So that was a, an interesting way to see. I just thought of it because Edgar's test is him in like a car and he gets out. Right. And he's it's like a car, like a police are chasing him and he's got a he's got like a like a bomb or something like it, it, it at the beginning. It's very strange. You're like, I have no idea what they're up to with this because he's running the like a, a special area like it, it, they, they, they it's stupid. It's not a it's not a great startup for a, for a sore movie. I don't even remember that one. I'm going to be honest. I've only seen this one once, but that that one, I just got a complete blind spot. He gets shot by like Mm -hmm. a sniper and he tells someone that like the game had begun. So like that's the start of the movie. Oh, there's a game going. Oh, isn't that where Detective Dodd from Memento is chasing him? Something like that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So it's stupid. The trailer was good because it had the, the woman jogging and then like jogging under what looked like like bodies or something mm-hmm. so then you get to your 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 people your five people mitch anna ryan carly and logan um in jill's abandoned barn which is just another abandoned place yeah so they start out in the bucket room like we said it's the same as that other trap just they have a bucket on their head um someone dies right one person dies i think 
Sure. Or does no one die? I don't remember. Well, or no. Well, one guy's knocked someone out. Dies. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. so you think because because th- so Logan doesn't wake up, so you assume he uh, he dies, but it's Saw, so you know things like that happen for a reason. Um, then they get into the place with like the the chain hangers. The, the puppet comes out and says that everyone's got to confess. They start pulling on the chains. Uh, they even say that there's like poison. It's all the greatest hits. It's just check checkpoints. Um, so they got to pull on things and like there's needles that have to get injected. It's it's stupid. Yeah. Um, there's and the wires. one the one woman gets injected with all three. Yeah. And like her body corrodes. <laughs> yeah, because that's how that happens. That's how that works. Um, there's the leg wires, which again is kind of like what happened to the SWAT team. Yeah. Uh, again, same. We're doing greatest hits. There's the grain silo trap, which is not a trap. It's just sharp things being dropped on people. Yeah, but that's not a, anything. <laughs> but it's a visually interesting thing. But just very stupid. The cycle trap is kind of cool. Yeah, it's probably my favorite in that one. Because it's just weird. I'm still, I still was like kind of confused what it would do to you. Because it's just a cycle. Right, but it's I like blades it's, in there, I guess. I guess. I guess yeah. they're super fast blades. But uh, it's like this giant elaborate thing. and uh, It looks like a giant milkshake blender for a motorcycle. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's dumb, but it's kind of fun. It's at that point where you're like, oh, I know what kind of movie we're watching here. This is not yeah. suddenly going to become a great movie. Yeah. Um, then you get to the shotgun keys where there's two shotguns. Um, stopped by a man in a pig mask. She and Ryan wake up. Turns out there's John. So you're like, the fuck? Uh, how did you guys feel when, when that popped up? Well, it's the best scene in the movie because at least Tobin Bell is in it and he's a good actor. Yeah. But yeah. otherwise, otherwise you kind of immediately know, oh, OK, so this had to have taken place in the past. Yeah. Kendall groaned. Yeah. Well, because they try to make it seem like, no, he's definitely alive because they talk about how his blood is under the fingernails like in present time. Mm-hmm. And then they show yeah. him. And I don't know. I was just I was so confused the first time. But I, I guess at the end, it all makes sense. Well, there's also another case of someone misinterpreting his instructions. Yeah. Yeah. Because she shoots herself. Um, whereas but how are they supposed to get out of that? Just like open, try to like open the bullet and get the keys? I think so, because the bullet was, or the keys were in yeah. one of the sh- shells. So they had to just, yeah, like crack that open to get the keys. But because she fires it, she mangles yeah. the keys. So the other guy is condemned to die, even though he didn't do anything stupid. Yeah. And then you have uh, the two people in their laser collars. Oh, my God. Because, yeah, laser collars are a thing. Um, so Logan, you know, was supposed to have uh, died. But he uh, he doesn't because it's just a cheat. And uh, the other guy dies. It's it, it. This one annoyed me the most, I remember. So yeah. like, this is a this is just a cheat. And this is where you find out that throughout it. So the, the through line of this is that's going on while there's a uh, like a. Was he like a medical examiner? He's like an autopsy guy. Yeah, yeah. Like he's he's trying to figure out what's going on while trying to figure out who might be. And this one, this movie just goes through everyone being the new Jigsaw for like a hot yeah. second. Is it him? Is it the woman? Who could it be? Is it this other person? It turns out it's him. He's been involved since God knows when. This one, I can't tell when it's a flashback to. It's um, very unclear, yeah. He seems healthy, so it might be even before one, so... He's been just chilling for the last six movies, seven movies. Who's to say? Well, and also it doesn't make sense because it may have even been like 
pre-Hoffman or Amanda, which really raises the question of how many of these traps Jigsaw got in before he died. But also, these are so much more elaborate, involved traps than the ones that presumably came after it. That's why, like, they try and do the whole messing with the chronology, but also because this movie is so far after the original seven, it doesn't really engage with their mythology or their timeline at all. Hoffman's never mentioned. Jill Tuck is mentioned once by name. Uh, I don't think any of the other characters aside from uh, John Kramer really get a look in it. So it's all about these new characters who the one was involved through everything, but also not in such a meaningful way that it matters at this point. Agreed. Um, Before we, wrap up and do our final rankings and talk about Spiral. Saw had two video games. So Saw the Game came out in 2009, taking place between the first and second movies. And you play as Tap. I forgot about that until I remembered I owned this game. So he's healed him somehow from his, you know, violent death of being slashed. And well, that's the in... that's the Danny Glover character, in case people yes. forget the name. So Danny Even Glover... though they did not get Danny Glover's likeness for the game. No, it's 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 not good. Um, the likeness. So he's in an insane asylum, having to like encounter people all the time. It plays like a like sort of a Silent Hill game. It's not great. It opens with you in a trap, and that's kind of fun. Like I I failed the trap a couple times first on purpose, just because you got to see the bear trap, but uh, or the Venus flytrap. I forget which one. But it it the 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 plot is wild and and stupid, just like the others. And then the sequel, Saw 2 Flesh and Blood, was um, Tap's son Michael as a new protagonist. And they all have, uh, you know, the same kind of ending where you get choices. Like, there's two endings, and neither is good. You know, it's like, oh, either you die and someone else lives, or you let everyone else die and you're condemned to be, like, shot by the police or something like that. They're not amazingly well thought out. However, I do think that Jigsaw, um, for being a rough reboot may have given life to spiral which has a chance to be good i'm really hoping i really want it to be good yes so that one has the incredible genesis of chris rock being a fan of the franchise and (laughs) pitching them on you know i kind of want to make a saw movie um well that's the thing is he came to them with an idea which kind of blows my mind. I would never have guessed in a million years that he would be a huge sawhead. Yeah, to the point where he comes up with the idea, Stolberg and Goldfinger, who wrote Jigsaw, come back to write this, which maybe not the best sign. Bozeman comes back to direct. Um, and they get Chris Rock to star. Obviously, he was more than happy to at that point. Samuel L. Jackson playing, I, I'm pretty sure, his father. Max Minghella as like his partner. Like, there's, there's better actors than you would think in this. Um, and a vague plot about, you know, a mastermind unleashing a twisted form of justice, which you have to imagine is a takeoff of, of Jigsaw. So, delayed until next year. We're supposed to see it this year. Seems like, um, at the very least, a better reboot than Jigsaw what it was. So, are we looking forward to it? I guess I, I'm, I'm curious to see where they go with it. I'm definitely going to see it. Um, I'm curious to see how Chris Rock is going to going to play in a Saw movie. I mean, we saw him in, tra- in the trailer. He was in the bathroom, right? Yeah. We'll see. So let's wrap up with our final rankings. 
we all agree number one is the best, right? Yes. Right. All right. Second best. Miles? Uh, six all the way. I'm on six as well. Kendall, number two? I have two. Yeah. All right. Number three. Miles? Okay. Well, this is going to get confusing. Um, I think third for place. Th- third place. Yeah. For third place, I think I have three. I like if three and two are about neck and neck. So I'd say two is number four. They're both upper echelon, but two, I think, gets lost because it has too many characters. Um, whereas three feels a bit more focused. Fair. Kendall, I think you have three as three, right? Yeah, I have one through three in order because I, I thought that they were the three best ones. All right, so here, how about you tell us your entire ranking now? We'll do that so we don't get confused. So, Kendall, yeah. what was your, your ranking? You have one, two, three. One, two, three. Um, six, seven, five, eight, and four. Okay, so four is the worst one to you. Miles? Yeah. Uh, so I have one, six, three, two, five, eight, seven, four. I think I have a similar one. I'm pretty sure I have. So I have one six like Miles. I think I go two, three. Then I think I put Jigsaw just because it, it looks good mm-hmm. and is and it scratched an itch. And then seven because, you know, at least it, it was the conclusion. And then I think I have five, four or four, five, four and five are, are the rough ones to me. They're the ones where you're just like. When you rewatch them, you're just like, oh, this is all just details and nitty gritty that like we don't need. That's yeah, it's the wheel spinning. You have to muscle through those two. Yeah. With brutality, you know, one, two and three are telling a story together that you could watch. You could actually watch one, two and three and stop and be fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, It it feels more or less like a self-contained trilogy. Yeah. You could watch six and then like just be a little confused by Jill and Hoffman. Be like, what? All right, whatever. And then Jigsaw, you could watch on its own. You know, I have, five. yeah, go I do have one more question about Jigsaw. All right. Where is John's body? Because they exhume his grave and Edgar is in it. But where is John's body? Uh, well, John's body was like cut up into little pieces at the morgue in four. But I don't know what happened to it afterwards. Yeah, you would think they buried him because they're looking for him in the grave. Yeah, he had a tomb. He had a tombstone. He had a grave. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that was meant to be a... Uh, if they kept going with like Jigsaw 2. Because they were planning. Is that going to be in Spiral? We think that. I hope not. I think Spiral is ignoring (laughs) a lot of this. I think Spiral is going to do what Halloween did. And probably. Right. Where only the first one counts. Probably. Or just have like. So like I don't know that Tobin Bell's in Spiral. Or at least not like as a character. I don't think you're going to get a flashback. I think you're going to get like maybe stock footage. Like archival footage. My, My. So here. When with this? What are your guesses for Spiral? My guess is that Samuel L. Jackson is like doing it. You know, the the legendary father who must have had some kind of run in with Jigsaw is now exacting Jigsaw star revenge on people that his son is investigating. Okay, I could see that. I mean, he does have the best line of the trailer, which is "Want to play a game, motherfucker?" Yeah. <laughs> which I mean, if you didn't hire Samuel L. Jackson, you don't need that. But once you hire him, how can you not have? Yeah. You know, it had to be either want to play a game mother or like live or die, motherfucker. Let's go. Like you had to you had to quote a, a saw quote with him in it. I, if not, I'm, I'm sure he wouldn't have signed on if not. Right. I, I think that's definitely possible. The only thing I'm reason I maybe question it is because Chris Rock is, I believe, playing his son. And yeah. it would be weird to get his son involved if that's what he's doing. I wouldn't even be totally surprised 
because the trailer does show Chris Rock being this kind of cynical detective. I wouldn't be totally surprised if he's the one who's behind it. Maybe. That seems like a, a shittier twist, but I can see it. They're, I mean, neither twist is great, but you know there'll be one. Um, and I don't, I I go back and forth on whether Tobin Bell will be in it. I think if, if nothing else, they'll at least get him to do the voiceover for whatever tapes they do. Yeah, there'll be a tape. There'll be a leftover tape or something like that somewhere. Yeah. Kendall? I don't know. I don't really want to guess what's going to happen. I just kind of want to go into it and and let it do its thing and see what it's going to be. Because I feel like I don't want to get my hopes up. I had my hopes up for Jigsaw and we saw how that went. <laughs> I could have I yeah. told you about that. I um, know. But no, you, I mean, you have nine months still or something like that until this movie comes out. Wait, when does it come out? April or May? April, I think. Well, it so was going to be May this year and then it got pushed yeah. back almost a year. So you've got uh, November, December, January, February, March. You got five or six months left. So you got time. You get your hopes up a little bit. <laughs> but uh, here, so let's wrap up. We enjoy Saw. We hope you guys did too. If you don't like Saw, this was a waste of two hours of your time. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, just like we've been doing the last couple weeks, um, everybody recommend a horror movie and everybody recommend a political movie. So Kendall, give me a horror movie that people should watch. Oh, boy. Um, I mean, I've been trying to watch in October. I've been trying to watch a horror movie every day. Um, I recently rediscovered The Conjuring, the whole series. I love The Conjuring. Um, I think it's really good. Patrick Wilson. And it's actually the first one's really pretty scary. So that would probably be my recommendation. All right. I don't remember if we've mentioned that already, but it's fair. We've also mentioned eight Saw movies, so it's fine. Yeah, (laughs) Miles? Um, I'm going to say I've actually been doing the same thing where I've been watching a horror movie a day. Um, one that I watched that had been on my list for a while, but I finally got around to was the autopsy of Jane Doe. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's mm-hmm. not bad. Which is, uh, which I thought was uh, kind of brilliant. It's got Brian Cox and Emil Hirsch and it's directed by Andre Ovredal, who, uh, directed, uh, scary stories to tell in the dark. And one of my personal favorites, troll hunter, uh, which mm-hmm. I think is possibly the best found footage movie ever made. Uh, so watch that as well. But yeah, Autopsy of Jane Doe. It's a very simple premise, but it's very creepy, very atmospheric. Uh, it's got jumps, but it's also got sort of lingering suspense. And it's character driven, which I always appreciate. That's true. Um, I'm going to mention two that are not necessarily good movies, but they're interesting. Uh, one is Urban Legend. If you want like a high concept slasher movie. Um, the sequel is terrible. Urban Legend's final cut. But this was sort of at the height of like slashers being a thing again. And you just needed a concept to get it made and it needed to be vaguely like Scream, but a little bit different. So not bad, but scratches an itch for Halloween when I think your standards are a little lower. And if you want a super divisive movie in the same way that like some of like Jigsaw was pretty divisive to people, um, High Tension. Oh, yeah. Which which people either love or hate, Um, mainly because I won't say what the twist is. But it's a horror movie about a it's a French horror movie about a woman being uh, chased by this mad killer. Um, there's a twist and the twist makes zero sense. It is a absolutely nonsensical twist. So it, it either makes you go, ah, that's wild. Or you hate the twist and it completely ruins your movie. Um, I believe it's, uh, Alexander Aja, the, um, guy who would go on to do the Hills of Eyes and Mirrors <laughs> and Piranha, like became like a go-to genre horror Hollywood filmmaker. This was his introduction. And, uh, you know what? We don't need the political movies right now. We uh, we we had too many movies already today, and we're we're running pretty long, but we have plenty of time for that horror. But before we go, um, 
everyone can give their final thoughts on horror as a series and if you want to give your uh, social media handles for people to stalk or follow you as you see fit miles do i start uh sure um well i mean as you can tell by the fact that we've talked exhaustively about the series for two hours and could probably go another two hours with all the things that we didn't get around to yes i raced through the end because i knew realized what time we were at um we love this series it's for me I'm a big slasher movie guy. I love all, you know, the Freddy, Jason, Michael Myers, Leatherface, all those classic movies. I can't get enough of them. Even with that said, this feels to me like perhaps the most consistent, if you want to call it a slasher series, because it's actually got an intricate mythology that even if it doesn't all make sense, it does more or less play consistently by its own rules with the exception of Jigsaw. Uh, It does actually pay attention to continuity and chronology and things like that. And even if it gets a little confusing, the fact that they were able to pump this out for seven years, all of them in less than a year, and maintain a relatively consistent level of quality, whereas... None none are terrible, is the thing. None are terrible. They're all... It's kind of... I mean, I hesitate to compare it to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but it's got a similar model in the sense of you've got a certain baseline of quality as long as you sort of know what you're getting into. Whereas you look yeah. at something like Halloween where they reboot the continuity every three movies um, or Leatherface where they reboot the continuity every movie. Yeah. Um, they, and there's also just, there's, so those franchises don't have their highs are that, you know, their initial movie is probably better. I, I would argue saw is on the level of like a, you know, a Halloween or Friday mm-hmm. the 13th, but actually Friday the 13th is bad. I don't think any of those movies are particularly good. Which is weird that that's been such a long-running franchise, but Halloween, the first one, is great, and the remake is great. Everything in between is different levels of not good. By, by remake, do you mean the Rob Zombie or David Gordon Green? David Gordon Green. Though I do think Rob Zombie's two efforts are big swings, and I give him credit there. Um, they're not great, but they're better than the other Halloween sequels. Um, uh, we we could my, get into we could get yeah. into that, but that's a whole other podcast. Oh yeah, no, no, no. But like, for example, I know you like um, Freddy. Kendall, you you like yeah. Freddy? Yeah. Okay, so Freddy First Friday Thirteenth is a good movie. Nightmare on Elm Street. Well, that's Nightmare. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. The first one's a good movie. The second one is a like homophobic comedy. It's very strange. Like, there's a lot of weird shit in that movie. The third mm-hmm. one's good, and then they get pretty bad. And also, you have that weird strain of like. Freddy's not a like Freddy says some pretty awful things about people throughout that franchise. And I don't think that would fly anymore. Yeah, no, there's it's some pretty tasteless off color stuff. Yeah, his his humor is uh, um, especially in the more recent ones, like even Freddy versus Jason. Like, doesn't he say a couple like real awful things about like the black character? Yeah. At one point, he's deciding whether to kill the white girl or the black girl. And he goes to the black girl and says, how sweet dark meat, which still sends a a shudder down my skin every time I watch it. Which is wild because Freddy Krueger is a pedophilic murderer, right? But racism, that's a step too far. But we get get (laughs) mad when he's like, oh, he didn't like the black lady. I'm disappointed in you, Freddy Krueger. Yeah, yeah, like he's he's butchered people throughout the movie. He's employed Mike, um, Jason Voorhees to butcher more people, but when he he shows his racism, you're like, up oh, bridge too far. Yeah. Well, if you want to talk about racism in old horror movies, why don't we talk about Leprechaun Back to the Hood? Oh dear me. 
<laughs> you want to talk tasteless? Yeah. There's a reason he went to space after that. Right. Well, that th- that series blows my mind because he goes to the hood, then he goes to space, then he goes back to the hood. Yep. <laughs> like, what kind of, well, listen, escalation of escalation is that? <laughs> also, he's such a weird horror villain because he is fairly easy to handle. Like, kick him and he'll go a couple feet away. Yeah, well, it's the child's play problem where they've got to make him scary, even though he's like two feet tall. Well, he has to get the jump on you every time. So it's yeah. the same kind of thing. Because if you think about it, like if, if Leprechaun was running at you, just like kick him or like swing something at him. And you kind of keep him like you can keep your arms distance. Yeah. Because doesn't he either has like a little knife or like he like bites you or something like he doesn't kill you like per se initially. He just kind of like messes with you for a while first before he kills you, right? Yeah, he More has, or like, less. little, like, riddles, and he jumps around and laughs, and then he tries to, like, bite you. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, he's just, like, a nuisance for a while before mm-hmm. he kills you. Ugh, I don't like Ripcon. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, Kendall, wrap up your feelings on Saw. I don't know. I, I love Saw. Um, it's something to do in quarantine if you want to watch all the movies. That's what I did. I just, like, crammed them into a week last week. Um, she had seven I- months, but she did it in a week. Yeah, I was like, oh, might as well. Um, And then also, I don't know. I wish I only watched one through seven. I really feel like Jigsaw wasted my time. But Mm -hmm. I mean, give them a go. It's not just gore. I love the storyline, which is why Jigsaw really bothered me a lot because it just abandons that. But I don't know. I like them. I like Tobin Bell. Um, Yeah, I recommend them. Yeah, that's one thing I feel like we didn't touch on enough is Tobin Bell is giving legitimately great performances in all these movies. The Mm -hmm. the baseline for acting isn't great throughout, but every time he's on screen, he's elevating the entire proceedings. Yeah, everyone is different levels of rough in these movies except for him, who, like, has bought into it. Like, he bought into the idea of, like, okay, I I know this guy. I can make this guy work, even in Jigsaw. Yeah. Like he he's, yeah. he's definitely enjoying being back in that role for a couple minutes. So I got to imagine he's not the holdup if he doesn't show up in Spiral, but remains to be seen. Yeah. So we should we jokingly announce that we're doing a weekly solo podcast until Spiral comes out. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> can you, imagine, you imagine where we just have to speculate until then wildly. God, this is like our game. This is our version of torture. <laughs> I, I, joked with it, I joked with Miles last week about this back. I wonder who we could get from the franchise, like to come on. Oh, probably. Well, you can definitely get um, Gibson because he's got nothing else going on. I'm sure his acting career ended after that. <laughs> um, I, I was aiming a little higher. I, I think. Uh, it's yeah, really I think bashed. that's the highest you can go. <laughs> I, I, well, aside from bashing Costas Mandalore at every turn, like he's about the level yeah. we could probably get. You could probably get um, whoever I forget her name who plays Jill Tuck. Oh, Betsy oh, Russell. Uh, Betsy Russell, yeah. I would like well, that. Considering yeah. I've never seen her in anything else, maybe. Yeah. I, I still think we should get Beverly Mitchell, and she'll be like, wait, I was in that? Oh. <laughs> She's somewhere counting her Seventh Heaven money. <laughs> Actually, she was going to do this one, and then she heard my Stephen Collins joke. You might be able to get Donnie Wahlberg, but I won't want to be on that one. That'll be you guys. Should, what if he asked me to say hi to your mother for him? <laughs> That's Mark's thing. <laughs> Yeah, also, no. but listen, he's the shittier Wahlberg brother, so he started to steal his act. Oh. Also, Actually, is, wait, there is I, a shittier one. Isn't there a third one? There is. I don't think he even acts. If he just he, makes burgers, right? He, he hangs out at Wahlburgers, yeah. <laughs> I like Wahlburgers, I gotta say. Also, um, I, I was curious, so I looked it up real quick when you said the actor who played Gibson hasn't done anything. Oh, his no. name is Chad Donella. He's actually still working to, today. He was in Taken 3. That... 
and uh, he's in various things, but his most consistent thing is he's a regular on the show Blind Spot, which is apparently still going. Is that on CBS or something? That's the Jamie Alexander one where she's like in a bag and she's got all the tattoos and she's got to oh, remember. Yeah. And the, I guess every episode she's going to look at a new tattoo. Yeah, something like that. So I guess he's on that. So he's he's doing stuff. Yeah, he's working. He's laughing at us being like, I make I make more money and I'm happier than both of you. All three mm-hmm. of you. And I'm like, oh, oh. Well, well, fuck you too, duh, Chad. <laughs> God damn it. Now I'm in a, f- a feud with Chad Danella. <laughs> well, enough of this nonsense. Uh, where can we uh, where can we find your work, Kendall? Um, so you can follow me on Twitter at KT Awards Radar um, or on Instagram at Light My Kendall. I wonder where she writes her work considering her Instagram, I mean, her Twitter handle. Oh, come on. I, you know, I write for you. Awards are I know. <laughs> I know. Listen, I need my ego boost. Miles. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Miles on Film. That's M-Y-L-E-S on Film. And I'm also on Instagram at Marvelous Miles, although I do not really use it or update it at all. Yes, I, I've learned that every time I, I end up thinking I'm going to tag you in something and going like, nah, never mind. You're not really there. No. Uh, <laughs> Fair enough. Um, we know what I think of the saw. You can find me. It's my name on all the social media channels. And uh, I'm plastered all over Awards Radar because it's my my site. Um, so we'll have more uh, Halloween themed stuff. Let us know what you think of this. If this was absolute nonsense, feel free to tell us if you enjoyed it. Um, we have other things we can talk about. The three of us could definitely do the room. Oh, please. Um, There's so much <laughs> to get into. Yes. And if uh, also let us know how you feel about Kendall. Oh, mm. Yeah, that'll be f- that'll be fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll I'll delete the comments, don't worry. Um, okay. No, no, you consistently get the nicest comments. So, Aww, relax. Thanks guys. Um you you could be Robert on the other hand. <laughs> who as Miles knows is the OG at getting the uh, hateful comments on uh, on websites. Oh. oh poor he man. Has strong t- poor he has strong Robert. takes. He has strong takes. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't have it any other way. But anyway, for the three of us, I'm Joey and uh we podcasted and didn't die, so I guess we made our choice. Yep, we took an hour longer than we were supposed to, but we got there. Well, well then we, we didn't follow the rules, so I don't know. Yeah, I might, I might blow up after this. That's true. All right, Miles, take us out with some of that music. Da 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 da